can get your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the Green Dragon. Hello and welcome to the Green Dragon's second Silmarilli 2019 episode, The Good Side. I'm Jeremy with David. Greetings all. And that is all. We only have one representative of the good side. So for such a successful side, if you listened to the last episode, if you didn't listen to the last episode, they were definitely in the top two. So we don't want to spoil just yet. I think the rest of the good side is trying to rescue kittens from Nick. But <laughs> Yes, that's a good idea. So David, can you tell us a little bit about the Silmarilli tournament? So the Silmarilli tournament is Victoria's big themed event. Happens once a year. We divvy up into good team and evil team, and we play six rounds of more or less narrative gaming. That's one description. The other description is it's also Victoria's probably most competitive event every year uh, for two reasons. Firstly, it is a narrative event, so you're not fighting for your own glory. You are fighting for all light and middle earth. All of us have either won tournaments or we're planning on winning tournaments at some point. We just don't really care. It's been, it's gone, it's happened. But you give us a narrative incentive, and it is total war. Uh, The second reason is because it's a team event, nobody wants to be that person who lets their team down. So there is a bit of pressure to perform at the Silmarill. Yeah, that's a fair call. People do take it pretty seriously, and they they want to avoid taking armies that are guaranteed to lose every time, because that just lets down the rest of the team as well. So you want to be able to put on your best, but you've also got this mix of it's a narrative event as well. So there is a real conundrum at the start. This is something that you will see because there are players that believe that narrative and power are mutually exclusive. So they will look at a list and say that list is unthemed because it is powerful. Whereas there are other players who are like, no, these guys literally all lived in the same house. They all stood next to each other. That's perfectly themed. And then there are people who just take whatever they want to get extra power, which we don't talk about those people though. (laughs) What you're alluding to, David, is that there were accusations of the good sides taking quite powerful lists, and I think you're saying the rebuttal is that these lists did follow a theme, and it's a theme that's inherently powerful, not putting together an army designed to take advantage of that. Yes. So, I guess the rebuttal here is you can accuse them of being powerful, that is a completely valid argument, but please don't accuse something of being unthemed because it is powerful. Accuse it theme-based, based on its theme, please. Um, uh, okay, listening to some of those people, I don't think they'd ever read Tom Goes Boating. <laughs> I don't know. I, Tom, Tom Boating was not to Numenor. No, but he had a boat. He did have a boat, yes, yes. So, David, just to, to start off some stats, and we'll talk about your preparation. Yes. So, the makeup of the good side, because I, I don't think we have the whole good side here to represent them, we had five Minas Tirith armies out of the 20. Okay, so, so fair, qu- fair representation. A lot of representation. Of those five, how many do you think had Boromir? Ooh, I'm going to go... Let's let's go four. I think it was actually five. Okay. I was thinking because there's Fellowship Boromir, there's regular White Tower Boromir, there's one with Lance, there's one with Banner. That's def- four Boromirs, surely. The Minas Tirith players, Nick, I believe, had Boromir. I'm not entirely sure about that one. Can't guarantee that one. Henry definitely did. James did. So, it's at least two out of the three, at least. Two out of three is not bad. L, three out of four. And Matthew, that's at least four out of five. I believe it's five out of five. Well, he is a popular fellow. He got yeah. around a fair bit. Okay, so we have we have a quarter 
Boromir Minas Tirith armies for your for your theme and not power. Then we have Rivendell. We have a total of four Rivendell. So good representation from Rivendell. Yes, that's a that's a almost as good as Minas Tirith. Mm. And also pretty similar list, but I think there's a bit more variation than Rivendell. I think to be fair, there was some 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 different cookie lists. It wasn't just Elrond. Um, I think Elrond fe- featured pretty commonly, but it wasn't just Elrond. Then we had an Iron Hills army. Always good to see the Iron Hills represented. Very happy Iron Hills represented. Only one of them, but that's that's fine. We had two Dol Amroth, which surprised me because I think Nick and I from the last episode both played both Dol Amroths, so, or maybe at least one of them, so it felt like a lot. I believe they were aiming for themed matchups. So if your army played well against mm. a certain theme, then you will see a lot of it. Yep. So there were probably people there that played against all five Minas Tirith armies. Yeah, yeah, no, that sounds that sounds right. So yeah, two Dol Amroths, and they got to team up together, which was an interesting choice. But that's fine. We talked about that last time. Four Rohan, four Rohan armies. Always good to see Rohan represented. Yeah, four Rohan, two Mirkwood. Do you know if they're Rangers or the Heavy Armored Fellows? I know that one of them was a Thrandal one. I don't know about the other one. I think there was a Ranger one and a Heavy Armored one. Okay, so. Some representation for the Woodland Realms. Yeah, and an army of the dead. Always good to see. Yeah, so King of the Dead summoned before his time, which was an interesting choice, considering all the limitations we had on some of the, the evil armies, but that that's okay as no, well. That, it, that is a fair point, because this is before they had summoned those fellows, so they should be back at home, but... I actually don't mind it as like a Spirits of Numenorean force instead. No, that that does make good sense. Because it, it could only have the like the pure army of the dead, the heralds and that sort of stuff. It couldn't be the army with Aragorn. So I didn't mind it because I just I played against it and immediately I thought, okay, it's the spirits of Numenorians. Yeah, that does that. make solid sense. Fairly generically named heroes as well. Yeah. He's, he's a dead king. It, yeah, I'm sure, it, Numenor had plenty of there those. There plenty of dead kings in Numenor. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I was happy with that. So a fair mixture, but there was a lot of things that weren't represented. Um, a lot of those were straight out banned, weren't they? So Yes. Yeah, so no Bywater armies. Uh, no. no Numenor army, no, nope. um, which was a pity because we were going to their home turf, but unfortunately most of them were dead by this point. Yep. Interesting. Oh, there was also, sorry, I missed one. One Lothorian. Always good to so see more got, elves. Yes, yeah, so we've got a mixture of the elves. So elves are very heavily represented. So the key mix, missing ones were the ones from The Hobbit, essentially. So we had the, the three Dale lists, the Garrison of Dale, the Survivors of Lake Town, and the, uh, what's the other one? The Army of Lake Town? I think there's there's a few of those. None of those were allowed. Yeah, I'm not entirely up to date on the Hobbit lists. Yeah, they're uh-huh. still in my painting queue. Fellowship wasn't allowed, so that's not around. The Wozes, I'm not sure if they were around or not or allowed, but they're not there. Eagles aren't there. Ents aren't there. These sort of lists haven't been taken. And there are a few characters you weren't allowed either. Things like Gandalf the White hadn't powered up yet. Um, Mary wasn't in Rohan. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's a few few things there, but it was. Probably a relatively limited choice. The main ones that I noticed that are a pretty clear omission are the dwarves. One dwarf army in total. And I heard that this was a lot of people saying things like, oh, Khazad-Dum, you can't take them because their named heroes have been banned. And I'm not sure. I think they're a pretty good list with just generic heroes. They are, but if you were a dwarf player, to lose those heroes would hurt. I think for somebody who's not, I could go in there and go, hey, this King's Champion's pretty powerful. Yeah, Dwarf but, King, King's Champion, Shield Bearer. But for somebody who's used to having a Durin or a Dane kicking around, you would you would notice that omission. Yeah, I, I guess so. But still, it was the restrictions I felt were 
were somewhat interesting in that case as well because I don't know what the debate on the good side was, but it, it really did throw us for a loop. There was a lot more variation in the evil side compared to the good side, and that's partly because I think there's probably a few more army lists and a lot more like generic sort of army lists. So if you lose your main characters, the the, the infantry is the character to the army. So, yes. So like taking a, a Hunter Orcs themed Dogledore army without heroes in it, it's okay because the hunter orcs are the are the theme, and that's what you take. So yeah, two attacks, fair bit of strength, no courage, but mm-hmm. <laughs> that won't come into play yeah, at all. I'm sure, that won't be relevant. No, probably probably not. So, David, can we go into your preparation? How did you get ready for this event? Okay, so firstly, when I heard that Numenor was rising, I sat down and I tried to figure out why, because it's a narrative event. We need some we need some information that backs this up. So my theory was. Three Silmarils have been kicking around in the world for roughly nine years now, so Sauron's not interested in the One Ring. It's nothing. Mere trifle that Sauron fancies. He needs something with more power, so he went back to Numenor. So if Sauron's going to Numenor, we need to go there to stop him. Mm, I like that thought, actually, because I, I struggled with the theme of the, the island just rising for no reason, but that sounds like a decent reason, and maybe he had an ally with um, some of the, the Valar or... True, um, he might have somebody on the inside. Yeah, yeah. Somebody with the power to, you know, get an island off the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, he's a, what is he, a Maya? Maybe he's got the power to do that. He could. The power levels of the Maya are somewhat uh, vague. They fluctuate from time to time. Yeah, they do. They do quite a bit. Because I'm pretty sure the Balrog was one and Gandalf and the Wizards were. And yeah. Maya is pretty much spirit that is not Valar. Yeah. So it covers a massively broad range of options. Yeah, yeah. And so that that's a good theme for it. So he's he's headed over there in necromancer form because he wasn't allowed in his his standing up form. So he's come across as a ghost. There definitely was necromancers there. Yes, so. he was running around. Oh. Yeah. There's at least one, maybe only one, maybe two. I'm not sure. So to counter this threat, I decided to take my Rohan because they secured a Silmaril at the end of last year's Silmaril tournament. So they deserve a second outing. Fair enough. So I take it you took a, a bunch of peasants from the farms of Rohan, maybe like one of the, the, the branches of it with one named hero and a bunch of guys, not not the, the cream of the crop or anything like that. So for this, I need to take you back to round six of the last year's tournament. Okay, please do. So, Hama, captain of Rohan, was riding across the square. He face-planted into the ground, and as he was getting up, his hand brushed a magical gem which burned with, you know, crazy light. Unfortunately, he was then attacked by Gothmorg, a ringwraith of named power, and a fellow with a Morgul blade, Castellan of Dol Guldur. All the other named heroes jumped in, and Thadrid took a Morgul blade to the face while they all ran off. So Thadrid is dead. Oh. So he is right out. The others are like, we will avenge him. We will take this Silmaril, and we will travel across the seas. They called upon Erkenbrand, but he didn't show up because he's in the Westfold. He's not themed. So I have Thadden, Hummer, Eowyn, Gamling, and Alfhelm. Nice. So you, no named ones, uh, no, no generics, just all named? Uh, no generic heroes for this. The actual reason being my brother like drops around randomly to convert things. So I'll get home and there'll be three models in pieces and there'll be an Alfhelm with shield just standing on my table. <laughs> and I'll go, okay, I'm taking Alfhelm now. Oh, sounds good to me. I think Rohan's one of those spoiled for choice types of armies now. There's so many named heroes that... Would you ever take an unnamed one? It's very difficult to. Because as you're saying, I can't fit all of the named heroes in a list. 
Uh, there's just so many of them that it's not even a case of which hero with heroic defense do you want because you've got so many. You can't take all of them. Which hero with heroic accuracy? You can't take all of them. So Thaden, he's at fight fire with two attacks these days. Uh, he has the march, the strike, and the challenge. Oh, okay. So he can move you and he can strike, which is pretty handy combo. Uh, yes. So he's the main hero killer in this list. He's also the army leader. Yep. And um, he gives you a bonus, doesn't he? Yes. So when friendly riders and captains, which I didn't have any, charge while within 12 of Thaden, they hit fight four. Okay. So that that's actually really handy. I know you didn't take them, but that's that's a pretty good rule overall. So I can yes. see why he shows up a lot. Hama is one that I haven't seen a huge amount of. His main thing is he has Sworn Protector, so he doesn't run as long as Thaden's on the board, and he has Heroic Defense with three points of might. That's pretty good, and he's basically the price of a captain, isn't he? He comes in at 70 points once you give him the horse and the shield and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so that's, a, that's about right. I would pay about that for a, a mounted captain. So he's he's an interesting choice. Eowyn. Eowyn has gone up to two attacks in the new edition, which is excellent. At fight five, with a heroic strike, heroic resolve, and heroic strength. Oh, resolve's an interesting choice here. This is a pretty useful edition. I've never actually managed to get the resolve to work in this list because the army has to stay moving. Mm, so if yep. you call resolve, Eowyn falls behind. If Eowyn falls behind, she's not in position to call the resolve. Yeah, it's one of those ones that you'll use against, say, an all-Nazgul army when you know they're going to throw everything at your heroes. The problem is, in that case, I had a habit of winning priority. Yep. So if I call the resolve and then move, I'm not in resolve range anymore. Yeah, no, that's Because the cool. army has to stay mobile. Yeah, I'm trying to justify... I have seen people use that one and I haven't oh. seen it that much. By all means, on t if your army doesn't need to go anywhere... If you've got mm. to a position that you need to hold, it would be incredible. Yep. It's just this army hasn't ran into that position yet. Yeah, it'd be really good for the compel defense. I think that's probably the most useful, especially when you're running low on will. Your next one is Gambling. Yes. So Gambling, he has a march, he has a defense, which is important. And above all, he has the magical banner of extra might, the royal standard of Rohan. Yeah, that's good. He's so good now. He's so good. All these Rohan characters are good, but he's oh, yes. really good. Uh, his main changes are his banner no longer gives him penalties. So that's no neg one in combat, no neg one when swimming. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. And counts for the banner scenario, so that's huge. Yes. Yeah. It can't be passed to other models if it's killed, but with heroic defense, it's hard to kill him. Mm. He does die, however, more often than he used to because he doesn't get neg ones in fights. <laughs> so he goes into fights and every now and then those sixes come back through and get him. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And the last one you have is Elfhelm. Elfhelm is one of the new characters out of the Gondor at War, and he is amazing. Uh, three points of might, defense and accuracy, but his main thing is his throwing spear. Always hits on threes, rerolls to hit, rerolls in the ways, rerolls to wound. Ooh, that sounds really good. It's like automatically powering up your dice. Is it just him or is it friends as well? Just him on his throwing spear. Okay, okay, because I was wondering about the rules. He's got a heroic, what's his heroic? Defense and accuracy. Defense and accuracy. So he can call the accuracy to power up his mates, but yep. doesn't happen too often. Okay, so you're using him as just a standard captain that's doing some damage with his throwing spear? Yes, so he was on foot, the other four were all on horse. Oh, okay. 
that's an interesting choice as well. And then you've got, is, was it all guys on foot to back them up? I have 12 Royal Guard with throwing spears, mm-hmm. uh, one Warrior of Rohan with Warhorn, throwing spear and shield, and then four Riders with throwing spears. Yeah. So 22 models total. Yep. So, yeah, and four Riders, you said. So you get, they hang around Thade and, and yes, get, the, so, get the fight four charge. Yeah, I've got eight cavalry in total. Four of them heroes, four. Yeah, that's a that's a good number and quite a few models. And all of them that I had painted. Yeah, yeah that's true. You've got to build it up and do the all cavalry at some point. Yeah, it's getting there very slowly, but it's hard to turn my back on those 12 Royal Guard because they are the anvil to the rest of the army. Um, yeah. You do use them really well because they're, they're hard to crack at defense six. Mm-hmm. Um, they can shield. So you can just war off an area, you charge them, and you just hold that area while the rest of your army does what it wants. Don't be afraid to deploy them to an area two ranks deep simply because the enemy's not getting through that. Um, Even if they call the combats, wipe out your front rank, the second rank will catch them. And by that point, your cavalry has come around the corner. And And they've got throwing weapons. So they can can still hit you in those two ranks, which Mm is kind of a bit scary. So yeah, those guys deploy... You have to charge my anvil because my anvil will throw weapons at you if you don't. And when you do, the hammer's coming for you. Mm. And sometimes you can't even charge because of the eight-inch range of the throwing weapons. You just yes. hit them and then we move forward. You move back. You hit again. Mm. Nasty. Nasty. And with Alfhelm mixed into the, with that, yeah. it's excellent. Yeah, that's kind of good. I've noticed you're taking a Warhorn as well, which is an interesting choice. This came down to I played a couple practice games, not exactly with this list, but just with other games that were going on. And I failed courage tests. I failed courage tests. I failed courage tests. Over half the army has bodyguard or sworn protector. I was still failing courage tests. So I'm like, I'm bringing a warhorn. I just don't care what the math says. I'm bringing it. I think that's probably fair. I looked through the list of good armies and Minas Tirith doesn't really need a horn because you've mm-hmm. got the plus one courage yeah. and bodyguard. So mm-hmm. that's not a big deal. Um, the heroes as well tend to be things like Boromir. None of the elves really need a horn. They've got high enough courage already. Dol Amroth have got Angbor, so they don't care about that. That's a auto-pass bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I think Rohan is really the key. Army of the Dead doesn't need a, a horn. It can't take one anyway. There were two other considerations. One, I really like the model, and I've never got it on the table before. Mm-hmm. And finally, since I know I'm playing six games in a row against Evil... That may have skewed my thinking because evil is the one that's traditionally known for its terror walls. It's known for its neg one. It's known for its spectres. If you're playing six games against evil, you need a warhorn. Yeah, that's funny. I don't know if it is anymore. Have your thoughts on that changed? Uh, somewhat, yes. Yeah, I, I find that now as an evil army, I'm the one worried about playing good mm-hmm. kid end walls, essentially all yes. terror bubbles. And it's, it's a nightmare because most evil armies aren't equipped to deal with it, whereas good armies tend to be designed to deal with it almost. I think... I think that's a change that we're going to see because the reason why almost every good army is equipped to deal with a terror wall is because we had that period of time when there were so many evil terror walls. Now we see less of them, good armies are probably going to start dropping out some of that anti-terror and the evil armies, I think, are going to have to start taking some. Yeah, no, and look, the evil armies do have access to them. Most of the lists have access to some sort of shaman or... But it's just traditionally they haven't needed it. No, so no, it's a real, real change. I think it's going to hit the painting tables soon. Yeah, I think so. And now that Kieran, well, was available for a weekend or a week or whatever, that we're mm-hmm. going to see a lot more of him because he is oh, so good. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Okay, so that's I actually really like that army, David. And I would argue that it, it is probably mostly themey. I think the power comes from the fact that every one of your heroes are named hero. 
Yes. And I think at this time, I doubt Aeon was fighting as a... As a warrior, um, she is in her unarmored form for that reason. Yep, yeah, no, that's that's fair mm-hmm. call, but still, I think it's a bit convenient as much as anything. Yeah. But that's okay. That's um, mainly, my brother converted up an Awen mounted. Yep. Uh, so I kind of had to use it because yep. I got home. There's the model. Okay. Yeah. Yep. No, I, look, it it's not. There's nothing wrong with it. You've got yes. Thay- Thayden's crew. Mm-hmm. A hammer and gambling were definitely hanging around him. That's They're fine. sworn protectors. Yeah. If he goes, they go. Alfhelm was probably leading his own sort of force around, but I could see him jumping Being into the Being recalled for, you know, yeah. by the king. Yeah, no, it's not, not too yes. bad. And look, I think almost every good army, except the Tom Bombadour ones, you'll look at and say, that's it. They yes. make sense. So it's really mm-hmm. only those ones. And we talked about that last yeah. episode at length. I think, yeah, what really hurt the theme was when you put the armies next to each other and you saw so many Boromirs. But mm. that's more of a composition problem rather than an army problem. Yeah, and that's it. Like a quarter of the army is a Boromir-led ministerial that look pretty the same. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones have Prince Imriel twice and then Elrond three times or whatever it was. It's, yes. it's the same heroes. Mm-hmm. Bang, bang, bang. Every Rohan one I think had Theoden. I believe so. Because yeah. he's the king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just... But that was, that was... Did something to the immersion for us. Whereas I think... Did you find the evil armies were, the, yes. were like that? Um, I think... One moment. I will check my notes. I played against three Isengard armies and two of them were identical and the third one was downright similar. Okay. Um, yep. It was carbon copy after carbon copy. Yep. And I that you're probably right. It probably is down to Tim and Josh tried to theme us against mm-hmm. armies that you would have played against in Middle-earth. Yes. But we're all going to this island. Like, it's it doesn't... Yeah. We're not on Middle-earth anymore. Yep. It's not the War of the Rings. Yeah. I gave um one of the Bens a lift to and from the tournament. And because he had a spider army, he said he played elves almost every round because spiders and elves fight. But when you're fight four and you come up against fight five almost every round, it's it gets painful fast. Yeah, I I, 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 I talked about my Boromir experience. It does yes. get painful. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, this guy again, again, again. and But on the other side, if you're on the correct side of that force imbalance... That's going to be a good feeling. Oh, yeah. Because in the past, I've taken Foot Rohan to this style of event. Foot Rohan do not have the tools to beat Urukai um, because they're slower, because they're not move eight. They're lower defense, they're lower strength, they're lower fight. Their heroes are weaker. This time I had the mounted Rohan, which gave me that edge, which means I could compete with the Urukai heroes. Mm. Whereas you fighting in, say, my army of orcs, you would have had a pretty good advantage your foot rohan does really well against orcs who are trying to run at you and you're running away yes mm-hmm. yeah i what do you think david I'm, I'm thinking maybe next i wouldn't mind seeing them mix it up a bit next year so it's not just playing the same army over and over again that would probably be a good thing the other concern is we were both rocking up in like rounds four and five with a couple of wins under our belt and coming up against opponents that didn't have any wins because theme was more important than the traditional swiss system so if you took theme out, you might also get more balanced games, which might l- sort of bring the scores in a bit closer. Maybe. I'm not sure about Because that's that's the hard thing. Because I really like that I played... Like, normally I go to a tournament, I play you, I play Kylie, I play Matt. I play the same people over and over again. And that is the counter, counter, counter argument. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's a fine line. I, I honestly don't know. So that's why I'm trying to get people's yeah. thoughts. I guess um, you can do what Masters did a few years ago. You have a group stage. So mm. day one is you play theme matches, you play against random people. Day two, you bring it into the, okay, you're doing well, fight people who are doing well. Yeah. That way you get a bit of both. Well, you could, I guess you could reseed the groups as well. So it's not just pure, 
pure Swiss. It'd be, okay, group day one, group one. And then you just grab yes. the top half and the bottom half and just say, right, there's a new group. Go for the themed armies in that. Okay, yeah. So you ran, you randomize or you theme within a pool of these are our experienced players. These are our less experienced. Yeah, these are the, the, the six-player pool that you can play against David. Okay, there's an Urukai and a, an Easterling army. They're perfect for Rohan. I guess the only problem with that is it becomes much harder to organize because you've got like two or three tiers of round draw. Yeah, but you've got Tim... Who's a wizard at at programming and computers. He could easily sort that out. I have no doubt that he would be able to sort out that. But that's a vote of confidence for Tim rather than an idea that the system is good. Yeah, Um, no, that's fair fair enough. But I I think, look, I think if they wanted to do it, they could definitely do that. Like I, I yes, it's it's an extra stage working out, but I think I think the systems will be fine for that. Okay, so you've got your army, David. Give us some team sort of expectations for the good side. So long range expectations, they were all right. It was going to be myself and Kylie. Uh, we'd get some other people to join our team. It would be great. We would roll in. We'd stomp on, you know, all these evil players that got in our way. We'd have a glorious victory. Then Kylie didn't get her payment sorted in time, so there was no spaces left on the good side. So she was going to be on the evil side. Jacob uh, was also going to be initially thinking of going on the evil side. It looked like Henry couldn't make it. It looked like it was going to be me alone with a whole bunch of other people who were, you know, sterling gentlemen or whatever, but they're not people we play against regularly, so they're not people we can really rate. So I thought the good side was going to get steamrolled at this point. But then somebody dropped out and Kylie came back over and then Henry could come and then Kylie went back to the evil side and then the good side did something else. And in the end, I had no idea who we had until I actually got there. So my expectations were a giant question mark. Mm. Yeah, I think Kylie was playing a bit of games of that that good versus evil mystery as well because I think she was on both little chat groups and um, I know that she was on the evil chat group for a while and she was offering me personally some very bad army advice and I thought, which at the time I just thought, no, Kylie, I'm taking this because I think this would do better. But in hindsight, I'm thinking maybe it was all a conspiracy to get me to take slightly worse orcs. Well, I did offer lifts to a bunch of new players who are thinking of playing evil, things like that. This is total war, you know, <laughs> victory at all costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and look, I guess some people got a bit annoyed about that, that mm-hmm. uncertainty because we were asking for like list advice and stuff yes. like that. And if you knew someone was going to be playing on the other side, you probably wouldn't have been talking so openly about your choices. I guess that's possible as well. Yeah, but look, honestly, the chance you're playing them anyway doesn't really make yes. a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I know that next year I'm going to make sure if I take, for example, Mortar Army that I design it to kill Boromir. Yes. Because I know that I'm going to fight him every game. But then you get there and they'll have a rule about how many Boromirs you can have per table or something. Oh, I really hope so. I really hope so. But you know there's also Aragorns and other things. True, true. There's a lot of powerful heroes out there these Mm. days. Okay. So let's have a break, David, and we'll come back with your game one. Back day one, Silmaril, good side. David, where were you playing in round one? So for round one, I went to a city that is possibly on Deto, the city of champions. 
Yes, we've heard about this city. And did you contest another champion at the city? Indeed, I did. So, in the centre of this Numenor-style board, there was effectively a chessboard. And upon one side of this chessboard stood Sam B with an Isengard list. So, he had Lurtz, Ugluk, Rasku, uh, a Shaman, a Banner, bunch of other guys. Mm-hmm. Fairly stock standard Isengard list. Was it mostly the heavy infantry or the scouts? Or a bit of both? I believe it was Feral Urukai heavy, mm-hmm. but... That could have been one of the other Isengard lists, because I did play a fair few of them. Oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. But it definitely had Lurtz and Vrasku and a couple of mates. Yep. Yeah, they turn up a lot. So, this one, in later games, there was a row of bollards that stopped people backing away from the Contest of Champions. For this game, when we arrived, there was a cavalry base size gap in these bollards that, after the game, Josh came over and closed. So, for this one game, we were able to back out of combat if we wished. But we did not wish. <laughs> we deployed on the center line with everybody. The Isengard did likewise. Uh, turn one, both players call a heroic move because we've got cavalry yes. in each other's face. Isengard win the move off. I had deployed Gamling, Hummer, and most of my cav on one flank. For Ugluk to pin my cav, he had to move away from the center where Théoden was. So the Isengard rushed to pin my cav opens a break in the Isengard line. Because oh, no. no. Ugluk couldn't get everybody with his move. Yep. Thaden goes forwards, goes straight into the Urukai drummer, which was the other hero that I forgot. Thaden pins him. My guys just push forwards and create this wedge between the two halves yeah. of the army. So who was the champion? Lurtz. Lurtz. Yep, yep, gotcha. This was actually probably one of the best games I've seen of Contest of Champions. Because quite often, Contest of Champions, is it's a no game. Yes. Uh, turn one, one of the heroes dies. I've had games where turn one, both of the heroes die. <laughs> but this time, because Lurtz went sidewards with Ugluk, it meant both champions were able to sh- pretty much strut their stuff. So turn one, Thaden calls the heroic combat. He kills the drummer. He can't fit anywhere because I had to throw Royal Guard to block off to stop the guys that weren't in the heroic move from getting at him. But he threw his Royal Guard that were in his fight at other things and he struck a heroic pose and said, that's one kill. <laughs> Lurtz had hit one of my Royal Guard. I'd put in... Alfhelm, because he can heroic defense to stop the heroic combat. So Lurtz also killed the Royal Guard and went, that's one kill as well. <laughs> so from that point on, the game was pretty much them getting one kill each a turn when Sam got priority and me getting one kill and him getting none if I got priority because I was able to put Alfhelm into yep. Lurtz and heroic defense. Yep. So I was able to slowly score ahead that way and then eventually Lurtz ran out of might. And when Lurtz ran out of might, my heroes were able to go, right, we need to get a strike into that hero. And we took him off. Yeah. Yeah. The other flank where Gamling and Hummer, they pretty much ordered their Royal Guard to shield at things while they slowly edged their way back over to get the banner in range of the main fights. Eowyn rode around the back, went the long way, killed a um, shaman and a banner bearer. Yeah, I, do. I think for Sam's point of view, you wouldn't really want to go one-on-one killing with the Rohan list because you've got the regenerating your might. Thing, yes. you can do it for a lot longer. Whereas Sam might have been better to try to go for the flash kill on Thade, Thade and kill him off early while he still yeah. had the strikes. Yes, and then then tried to kill some yeah. infantry because you can deploy within three inches of the center. I did have a royal royal guard in front of me, yep. so turn one when he got that move, he couldn't charge Thaden. Yeah, he could, however, pin the other cavalry, which he did, but that opened the gap and Thaden rode in. Yep, but. 
fractal so it it only ended up five kills to two because we deployed in each other's face the game ended fast yep um because everything was killing um but that when we totaled five kills to two is double so it came down nine one in rohan's favor that's a big score it was a big score but it was an excellent and enjoyable game and sam b was a great opponent so And you've got probably the one of the few Rohan armies that doesn't mind getting up close and personal with all those royal guards and with your couple defensive heroes. You don't mind being in their face. Yeah, so that is the purpose of the royal guard. It is to get in people's faces and to go, right, I'll meet you beard to beard, shield to shield. Let's do this. Mm. So it sounds like you enjoyed that game, David. That's oh, your yeah. kind of game. That was fun. We deployed in each other's faces and dice flew. <laughs> um, and for this, I started my might tally. Yes. Not a kill tally, but a might tally. Okay. This is so in game one, thanks to my banner of regenerating might, I was able to spend 27 of my 3, 6, 9, 12, 14. I spent 27 of my 14 might points and I had yes. two left over. Yes. 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 Yeah. That's what Rohan does. Though. Yeah. It's a bit sad for all of us who come with like six might or eight might, even if you're spending 27. Mm-hmm. But that was the purpose of my army at this point. Because yep. I'd been challenged to spend as much might as possible, so I chose tactics that maximized might usage. And I'll get to that later, because <laughs> I ha- I found some fun tactics. I imagine you did. Yeah, it, look, the only way you can really stop that excessive might usage for Rohan is to kill off the heroes. Yes. Because while they're alive, or while Gambling's alive in particular, yes. it's just going to happen. It's what always yeah. happens. The troops aren't anything to write home about. No. So the heroes, you can either mitigate them and just go nuts on the troops. That's the trick. You can't mitigate these heroes. You've got to either kill them or kill Gambling. Yep. Those are your options. Or win by objectives. Yes. That works sometimes Yeah, yeah, yeah that well. works as well. But, yep. um, okay, so, so that was round one. That was two. round one. And I scored a win. So yes. if you scored a win on a board, each board had an advantage attached to it. So the main doubles board, if you won on that, you would give the opponent's side neg one courage for the next round. The secondary double boards could either give you plus one courage to counter the neg one or plus victory plus 50 victory points, yep. depending on which board you're on. For this board, I gained blood and glory for my leader. Oh, wow. So Thaden, with his regenerating oh, might, no. gains the ability to regenerate might. Oh, that's... that's oh, yeah, that, that's... Well, I, I never got the bonuses. My best one I got was choose my own board. Yeah, some of the bonuses were amazing. Some of the bonuses were situational at best. Yep. Okay, so just for those who have not followed the last one, at the end of round one, it was a close one. Good was on 158. Evil was on 147. Yes. So those numbers are just add up all the victory points from the games plus any bonuses from, again, the games. And it was a 50 points for one of the doubles tables was a bonus? Yes. So two of the tables had that. But one of them could only give it to good. One of them could only give it to evil. Gotcha. And so if good won the one that gave 50 bonus points to evil, that instead gain plus one courage. Yep. So you could never get more than plus one courage. You could never get more than 50 extra bonus points oh, that way. Oh, good. You know the inner workings. You can tell, tell the preparation of this good side. Yeah, we, we read up on them. Yeah. Good on you. As good I on said, you. victory at any cost. <laughs> yeah, even reading the players back. Round two. So, round two. So in round two, David, I believe that you made a trek towards the Barons of Yanostar. Indeed I did, though my guys, being from Rohan, decided to call them the Barons. The Barons. For reasons. The Brownlands. Indeed. Though they weren't all that brown. There were some quite nice terrain there. Yeah, there were some very nice Barons. 
So in these barons, we faced up in capture and control, which is the weird domination. Oh, I like that one. Against Ken G with his Isengard army. Mm. Now, this Isengard army, I do remember because it was significantly different to the other two. It had Rasku yep. with a warband of crossbows. It had Lurtz with a troll and a warband of orcs and some other Yurikai hero with a warband of orcs. Okay. So this was maximum crossbows and a troll. Yep. Luckily, it's weird domination. So all I need to do is get in there, claim the objectives, and even if I get gunned off them, I, they're still mine. Mm, yeah, that's definitely the case of weird domination. Is that what we're going to call it, just weird domination? Well, I don't know. Okay. Um, You're the one who updated the Tactica. Okay, I'll put that in the appendix. Weird domination. Weird domination. You don't have to stay on there. You just go tag it. So for this one, I deployed hard on the center line with a couple guys back to tag my rear objective. The Yurikai placed their crossbows up on this big rock pillar on one flank. Like, it was big, one way in, one way out. It was it was impenetrable with then the orcs deployed sort of around the base of it. Thadden looked at that and he said, one solid cavalry charge straight down the middle. So I rushed them with maximum speed and aggression and wiped out the orcs because the orcs spread out and they're maneuvering as if they were still an army size, even though they're only two thirds of an army. Yep. So he tried to contest the middle, sent some to each side. Thadden and my mounted guys went in, heroic combats, shock and awe, rolled straight through the wall. Um, the troll came in, tried to contest things. I've got a strike. It doesn't because it's a troll. Mm-hmm. Um, we took the troll off. We managed to get into alerts and we pretty much mopped that up. Uh, in the meantime, Rascue and 12 crossbows were raining death from above. Uh, they were pulling off my heroic combats by killing orcs. And that was about it. They um, singly failed to kill any of my guys until like turn eight or nine. It was actually quite scary watching how badly these crossbows were rolling. <laughs> um, that happens sometimes. Shooting is... I did spend three points of might on a horse lord save, but beside that, they just missed. Yeah. The problem is that they don't have enough time if they miss to, to make it back. Whereas in combat, if you miss a turn of combat, you just do it again the next turn. You don't well, notice. For the last couple of turns, he ran out of guys on the ground and it was just them firing down at my guys because Isengard don't break yep. until they hit two-thirds dead. So I was throwing spears up to try and kill one of them. So they broke, which I managed to get eventually because I had <laughs> enough throwing spears. Yep. Um, I had my Hornblower guy. He came in in this game. Uh, he flanked the... Yurikai shooting position. And I carefully measured every turn that he was just over 24 inches away. And I made it very clear that this guy was important to me and I wasn't going to let any shooting hit him. And then one of his one of the Yurikai survived on one of the objectives when I was storming over it. And I went, ooh, I've got Elf Home, Health Helm, and only two other guys threatening that one Yurikai. They need reinforcement. So my one Hornblower guy <laughs> steps within the 24 inches to go back them up and he's in heavy cover. And the crossbows look at it and go... He's put a lot of effort into protecting that guy. It must be important to the Rohan battle plan. A bunch of the crossbows started trying to track him through this heavy cover. Oh, Mission clever. accomplished. Yeah, so the horn below distraction, because you didn't need the horn at all in that one. No, because um, the crossbows just you went broken. weren't killing. No, no. So that was a solid 12-0 win to Rohan. Mm. Um, How many of the objectives did you get? All of them? All of them. All because of them. I wiped out all of the Yurika on the ground. Yep. Um, it was just the guys in this... I couldn't touch them. They were, they were impenetrable. Yeah. Yeah, I have a... From a tactical point of view, I was trying to talk Nick out of doing that as well. He wanted to put archers up the top in impenetrable situations. Yes. 
And it's like, that's the problem. Yeah. In the, they can't influence the battlefield yeah. as much as you think. I think Josh did have a few words with him afterwards because it did make for a slow game. Mm. We only just finished this. Part of that was my fault because I did deploy um, target oversaturation. I made sure there was no clear choice for those crossbows to shoot at yep. because they had to do about five things a turn because I had five heroes ready to heroic combat. So I put masses of threat on and Ken had to take his time choosing his shots, which almost yeah. al- it almost timed our game out. So. Yeah, no, I don't, I look, and it shouldn't. Like if your crossbows mm-hmm. are up, they're not moving. It should be a very quick, mm-hmm. I'll shoot at this hero. Mm-hmm. I can see Thaden, everyone's going at Thaden, mm-hmm. whatever. This got four yep. in the way, so whatever, but... But yeah, so that was a solid win to Rohan, and we picked up a very nice bonus indeed. Uh, this was a plus or minus one to a dice roll. Didn't have to be my dice roll, though. I checked, and the TOs are like, no, that could be any dice roll. Whoa, you got another bonus. Yes, but I lost Blood and Glory, because they're once-use only, and you have to use them in the next game. Yep. If you don't use them, you lose them. Fair enough. So at the, the score after that round was good, was on 343 Starting to pull ahead, evil on yes. 293. 293. So 50 point difference. So just that one big table difference, yep. essentially. So all you need is one lot of bonus points yeah. and to deny good side. Because I think almost every turn, those just went 50 either way. Yeah, so so just to... Like, that wouldn't have been bad. Like, the, I think evil was definitely in striking distance. Good was definitely not 100% confident at that point. But they were starting to get a nice lead. Mm-hmm. Always good to see. Yes. Okay, so for round three... For round three, talking of those 50 bonus points, I showed up in the Temple of Morgoth. Ooh, this is the 2v2 game. So I had Cole on my side uh, with a Rivendell army. Very nicely done. It mm-hmm. was an infantry army mostly. I think Elrond was on a horse. Yep. Had a Lindir, um, and I think Arwen was on a horse as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, so no. Wall of Wrath is the plan. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> we were up against a Easterling and Troll Alliance. So okay. this was Josh's Easterlings and one of the Bens. I think this is the other other Ben who had the, I believe they're Dol Guldur Trolls. Yeah. So, so I played with Ben for one game. So he had um, a Mortal Troll Chieftain. Yes. He had a Gundabad Troll. Yes. About two Ogres. That and, sounds familiar. Yeah. And some, like some Gundabad Orcs and things. Yes. That definitely sounds familiar. Yep. So the mission... Was ill met by moonlight or its modern equivalent? Yeah, they changed the Shakespeare reference, didn't they? Yeah, I think it's now like Clash by Moonlight. I'm or something pretty like sure that. they got sued by the talking and then the talking sense the um the Shakespeare. I think they estate. just wanted Clash of Piglets back, and they're like, we can't have Shakespeare and Piglets, so let's have oh, Clash enough. of Shakespeare. <laughs> so anyway, this was fortunate because this is the throwing spear mission, where your range is reduced to 12 inches. Oh no, this one. But you get plus one to wound with ranged weapons. But your nature's wrath will be reduced no. to 12 inches. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh. The trick with a doubles game comes down to how well your team works together. Yes. So, Jeremy, I've seen you win some amazing doubles games, mm, and I have seen you. your ally ask you for permission to use their own might points because you play as a single unified team. <laughs> um, I give them permission, though, don't I? Uh, normally, yes. <laughs> yeah. But it is funny to see somebody go, this is my model, I shall seek permission. <laughs> but yeah. But I w- I'm not going to argue, <laughs> it is effective. Yeah, well, I'm the boss. In this case, I looked at my ally and said, okay, what's our plan? And he looked at me and he said, we're going to wing it. And I said, I can do that. <laughs> so we deployed and we just sort of put our guys down because 
I was going to march across the board. I don't know what he was going to do, but he deployed close enough that when I marched, he marched. So off we went. And I said, right, this is the throne spear mission. I'm going to get as close as I can until I see the whites of their eyes. I'm going to puddle them with weapons and withdraw in front of them. And plus one to wound every mm-hmm. turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my ally said, I'm going to charge straight down the middle and hit that troll with Elrond. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you do that. My army's fast enough. When you do, when you do that, I will be there to support you. Yep. So that was the plan. Yeah. Um, so we closed until we could see the whites of their eyes. We threw all of our throwing spears at the mortar troll. We took a wound off it with the regular guys, and Althelm took a second wound off it. Yep. So two wounds yep. off the mortar troll with the first volley. The next turn, the mortar troll sought cover because it was eight inches away. Yep. It couldn't charge us. So we got behind a whopping great pillar, and Alron charged the other big troll. The, the really big one, yeah, the, yeah, the, the Nightmare Edition one that was yeah, printed, yeah. you know, 50% larger than it should have been. Yeah, they couldn't have No, they printed actually everything else was on micro scale. Yes. Anyway, it was large and scary, but yeah. Elrond cared not. He went no, straight he, into the thing. Elrond doesn't care. So I called the heroic accuracy. All my regular guys pelted weapons at the troll and missed, even with the accuracy. Alfhelm said, eh, I'll take another wound off it. Three wounds off the troll. Past his fate. It's got one left. No fate. Elrond botched his combat and had to burn a pile of might not to get eaten by a giant ogre. Troll thing. Monstrosity. Probably an ogre, was it? At that it point? was the big one. Oh, it, was, big it one. was still the troll. It's still he, botched, he botched the combat. Still a gun to bear troll, yes. Next turn, Elfhelm charges the Mordor troll chieftain. Kills it before combat. At this <sighs> point, Elrond wanted to run because he'd just burn a whole lot of might. But I'm like, no, I've got Thad and I'm going into that troll with or without you. So I piled into the troll. It had a very large base. It did not have strike. It died. Yep, yep. The rest of that game was my guys just pretty much rode around in this posse picking on monster after monster. In the meantime, though, the um, the Eastling player was moving into position and he had a fell beast with some sort of ring wraith on top of it. Might have been a Kamul. I'm not entirely most sure. Most likely Kamul was an Eastling army because it's the only one native to the la- army. Okay. So it was, most, it was most likely a Kamul. Mm-hmm. Um, as it flew in, it sapped all of Eowyn's will. Arwen's will? Arwen, yep. Uh, at this point, Arwen and Eowyn were sitting next to each other. I referred to both of them as Eowyn. My ally referred to both of them as Arwen. Our opponents referred to them as th- those two. Yep. <laughs> um, hit the one with magic, took all her will off. So she just stood there um, behind a pillar for the rest of the game, sort of twiddling her thumbs, going, I wish I had my powerful magics. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good move. At this point, I turned to my ally, and there was a lot of noise in the room. So our secret discussions were held at quite a loud volume, because it was the only way to hear. And I said to my ally... This is bad. That thing can do an abs- wreak absolute havoc in our lines for a turn when it hits, but then we'll kill it. Don't worry. We have the tools. We can do this. When it hits our lines, we'll, we'll dismantle it. Not, not even a question. It's possible the opponents might have overheard this conversation. <laughs> I can't be sure because it was very loud in the room, but the foul beast decided to stay back. Yep, decided yep. it didn't want to risk that one turn of destruction to get dismantled and returned. And then I turned to my ally because he had moved a bunch of elves up onto this really high walkway. They were, they were pretty much out of the game except for a couple of shots they were getting the plus ones. And I said, ooh, that's a problem. If that fell beast goes up there to fight your elves, none of our heroes can get to it. That's just free reign. It's gone at that point. We can't catch it. They might have overheard us. I'm not sure. But the fell beast flew up top and it spent the rest of the game munching an elf or two a turn. Which just meant, yeah, our heroes got to ride around killing things to the heart's content. Yeah, that's a perfect storm scenario, alliance and force, isn't it, David? Like, yes. you would not have been worried about that game at all, um, forever. We did all. run into two problems. First one was energy level. Um, <laughs> this was game three, 
it was the doubles game, so it goes yep. for longer. Um, by by the end, my ally actually just sat down where he couldn't see the table from where he was. So we told him how many dice to roll, and he'd throw his dice up onto the table, and we'd tell him if he killed anything. The other guys, they, they were looking forward to dinner. We're like, I normally will not, you know, I believe you should play out a game. Once yep. you start, you play the end conditions. But I'm like, you know what? We're all tired. Do you want to just call it here? And this is where it got interesting because these people are people we don't play against regularly. They have a different, they have different play styles and they got offended because apparently where they play, if you end a game early, you concede 12 nil. So they thought I was asking for them to give me the full 12 points. Well, I wasn't. I'm just like, look, we're all, we're all tired. The game results aren't Mm. going to change unless your foul beast comes down. It's entirely on your side of the field. Do you want to just call it here or do you want to bring your foul base down? But they got offended because they thought I was demanding 12 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was just one of those things you live and learn. Yeah, no, I'll be careful about that one. Um, So, Cole was your um, ally, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I've played, I've, I've seen people actually convince their opponent to give them a 12 nil. And that's oh, okay. like, like, and part of a tournament. No. It's actually really annoyed me that someone yes. would actually concede that. Because Look, they've given them twelve points that they haven't earned. Yes. So I could see I can see this offense yeah. and there are lots of groups, I think it's from other game systems. Oh, but there okay. are other groups that yes. concede is just a maximum victory. Yeah. So, so you, the you reason is the reason I would suggest it, because normally I wouldn't, but yeah. because it was the doubles game, we were actually scheduled to go later than everyone else. So everyone else had left. Yeah. We're like the only people there. Everybody was hungry. But yeah. So no offense was intended. And yeah, th- those games were battles of attrition, and I can see their frustration because they didn't have a way to win that game. There's, yeah, there's um, no way they could have, unless they'd managed to get to gambling. But gambling was at the middle of a flying circus. You would have um, had to make the worst plays in the world to. Yeah, they did get one shot at gambling because they had one of those ogre fellows that can yep. step on his own guys. Mm-hmm. So they managed to get an ogre into gambling. But he heroic defense. Yeah, exactly. And Thaden, Awen, and Hammer called combat to get into that fight. Yep. We're both fight five and I had the plus and minus one, so I just pulled his six down to a five. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, like I'm just, just thinking there's not a lot of armies that could actually beat your force in that one because the short range, like yep. long range you you're you're immune to long range. Yes. You've got probably the most lethal non engage short range army going around. You've got on one side Alrond Arwen Nature's Wrath, which is insanely yes. powerful. And throwing weapons at plus one to wound, which are already really powerful. Yes. That's scary. I did find out that Elrond, our army leader, had been dueling Amdur for about three turns and no one thought to tell me because I would have ridden over and helped. Yep. But those two both just got such beefy stats, none of them cared. Yeah. Like, I'm three other. fate with rerolls. Yeah, well, I'm pile of fate as well. We can't be trapped. And they're like, well, okay, you yeah. two just carry on with that. And the amount of strikes that you've got in your army in high fight means that those yep. monsters would have, like, you would have easily been able to just take them out one at a time. Yeah, because the chieftain was the only one that could strike. Yeah. Um, if you're on a large base and you don't have strike, you're dead if you hit combat. Yeah, which is kind of a bit anticlimactic, isn't it, sometimes? Because mm-hmm. yes. even just like a generic 50-point strike characters will guarantee a kill on a, a big monster. Yeah, if he brings backup, which yeah. on your base size, he can bring backup. Yeah, it's almost. I almost wish there was some sort of mechanic where like they gave them like a master of battle or something like that. Where or that thing the Easterlings have, where they can strike if someone else strikes. Or yeah, just even something. Give it, Given that on a four plus, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not happening all the time, but something because it's almost a guarantee, isn't it? You yes. know, oh, there's a monster yeah. here. I can fit three infantry in. I'll put yeah. my most powerful infantry. They'll go two handed, and I'll I strike. S- especially if they have two trolls, because you can charge one heroic combat into the second one. 
Yeah, yeah, and get the double value. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, it's it's a good tactic, but it means that like if you're going super competitive, you often don't take those big monsters. Indeed. Or you take the ones which either have strike, yep. so the chieftain, or who have some other gimmick. So the Watcher in the Water doesn't need to fight a whole Correct. army by itself because yep. it fights two guys a turn when it pulls them over a line. Yep. Or Gualivir, who hits and runs. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or... Because yeah. if a, if a Gualivir stops in your lines, it's dead. Um, yeah, but it never does. Because no, it's because... Super fast. Yeah. yeah, you'll never catch it. But if you did, you know... Yeah. No, interesting one. No, I, I've... I sort of feel sorry for that. Those double yeah. games were a lot of work, weren't yes. they? Yes. Um, I wish that, that you had like... 1,300 points. Yeah, too much. An extra half hour. No, no. You needed mm-hmm. to... I wish it was something like you took one warband from your force and that mm-hmm. was it. Something something just to mitigate it. The problem is if it's one warband and you get a hero or a legend like a Boromir and he's extra... Well, not a Boromir because he's not legend, but somebody big with a big warband. What if it was a non-leader warband? Yeah. Um... It would be one of those things, though, that if you knew if you knew that going in, you would have a yeah. powerful, you yeah. know, non-leader warband. Yeah, I just think think like I like the idea of double. I really do Whereas like doubles. I've got five warbands, and they're all the character. The backup is pretty evenly spread between them, so I'm running at that point a hero and three royal guard. Yeah, but that's like <laughs> and but that show, that could that could be rocking up against a full eighteen man, whatever. I'm sure. Look. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about how about something as simple as if it's a six fifty point event, yep. you have a three hundred point army inside your six fifty yes. point army. No, I can see that. And you bring that for the doubles. Yeah. So it's made out of models from your army. Doesn't have to be can be any combination, yep. but you take three hundred points mm-hmm. from your big army and put make a small army. Mm-hmm. The other alternative, I guess, is just not run doubles. Yeah. Or yeah. Or I think the plan for next year might be to run on a separate day. That's a good idea, actually. So then you could have totally different requirements. Yes. So you have so, one day of everyone plays doubles and you bring and 300 points. And this comes points. back to our... So the doubles could be all themed matchups. Yeah. And then day two, you could go back to the, you know... Yeah, whatever day it is, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I think that, that was a problem with mixing doubles in with the normal yes. ones. It, the game length just doesn't work. Yeah, because one of those games that I saw, it only just made combat before it was called. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we timed out on both of our doubles. Yes. But that's not important. Ooh. What is important yep, score. is I spent 23 my points that Ooh, game. Even better. Uh, added to the 18 that I forgot to mention last game. It means I am up to, at the end of day one, 68 might spent, mm-hmm. nine unspent. And so you've got, you spent 68 my points. Yes. You've earned how many victory points? Uh, for that one, the final score was 6-4 our favour. Because yep. none of the leaders got scratched. Yep. Because one was up top, we couldn't get to him because they overheard us. And they knew that we couldn't get to him if yeah, he went yeah, up there. Yeah, fair enough. And the other one was, I think we just killed more um, heroes. Yep. But we did get the plus 50 for winning a doubles match. So mm. that was nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good result for you, Dave. I can't get over that. 68 points of might is is insane. With nine unspent. Yeah, yeah. So you're not even spending mm-hmm. out. Like, I usually, when I'm designing an army, I figure, like, if I end the game with zero or one point of might, I've mm-hmm. designed it right. Yes. You've got might left yeah. over, but you haven't needed it. In that game is probably the first time it was really noticeable the might difference because against Isengard the games are only going for eight or nine turns so mm. they had might to burn every single turn but against these armies they didn't um so it was it became very obvious and it snowballed the ability to just move first combat first to strike first yeah and y- yeah just playing a long game your your army does it better than anyone unfortunately most of these weren't long games no they're not but, but yeah which was annoying because I could have got my might stats a lot higher if I had a few more turns. <laughs> yes, you definitely could have. 
Okay, so gay. So, what did you do on the the night of Saturday? So Saturday, we, Sunday night. Sorry, Sunday night. So, end of day one, we all headed out for dinner at one of the local pubs. Um, get the Palmer, by the way, not the burger. Palmers were excellent. Some people told me the burgers were not. Ah. So, if you're hanging around, get the Palmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense for the pub that we won't name. Yes, um, because I forgot what it was called. Cause so did I. People were just telling me turn left here, turn right there. Um, yeah, that was good fun. So you, you had some. Did you end up sitting on in a good table? Or yeah, I was. I was with the good table, and we pretty much just patted each other on the back and said, "Yeah, that was going well." Um, they released the round draw. Yep. Um, during dinner, so somebody looked at me and said, "Hey, you, you're playing against uh the fifty model count army with a shade." Mm-hmm. And I said, I can take a shade. Shades oh, yeah, aren't easily. so tough, you yeah. know. He's down 100 points. He he can't have too many models. How many did you say? 50. Oh. Hmm. Ah, we can take it. We've got might. It'll be fine. Yeah, I guarantee you had the might to up your rolls on that. But we'll hear about that after yes. our next break, David. Indeed we shall. My favourite thing about these good episodes, David, is the heroic music I get to put in. When I made the evil one, I put the darkest music I could. Did you see our motivational posters, by the way? No, I didn't. Okay, so I had like 20 minutes free beforehand, so I printed off a bunch of like motivational posters for the good side. The things like pictures of, you know, Gondolin just stolen off the internet with, you know, never forget, sort of printed across <laughs> it. Things like that, which I spread around the room, but because we're in an old high school, it had like all these regular posters yeah. around, so they just sort of blended in. Well, I like to think they're in the back of people's minds, just sort of subliminally boosting up the good side. I wish someone pointed that out to me. I didn't even notice it because there was a lot of motivational posters just for high school motivation yeah. as well. Um, you know, like study for your exams, never forget Gondolin. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it's just the normal stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so round four, David. Okay, so round four, I show up. I know I'm fighting this, you know, shade horde. And I check the thing and I'm fighting on the steeps of Understar. Yep, against Billy with his Ag- Agmar Force. Yes. I checked the mission. The mission is cross the board. Reconnoiter? 
Yes. Yes. Quite possibly. It's yes. the one where you move on right ra- you move on from your board edge and you get off their board edge. Yeah, I know we, we I think we've all played on this one. It was on one of my boards. It had a river it. across it. Has it has a river across it. Yes. Yeah, that and was not the much one. else. River and trees and some rocks. Yeah. So I figure if it's if it's across the board, I can march. Not a problem. <laughs> not a problem. I have this. I'll hit the shade, I'll wrap it, I'll run off behind it. Yep, easy. Not a problem. But I've got to check the the end conditions if I'm playing against, you know, 48, 50 models. So I go to one of the TOs and I ask, oh, when's this mission end? And he's like, just just read it. It's written down. So I read it and it said, models that move off the board count for being on the board for the purpose of break. Didn't mention whether they count for being there for the end of the game. Now, this problem, at this point, there's two TOs. You can't ask for a specific TO when you want a rules query. Uh, because that's cheating. So I just put up my hand and went, Oi, we, ne- we need a TO. One of them wanders over and said, Oh, quite clearly, models that move off the board would count for the game ending. That's just obvious, because it had to specify that they didn't count in this other situation. So that means, generically, they would count. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But then my opponent arrived and I told him the rules query and he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, we can check. So I put my hand up, the other TO wanders over and rules that models that moving off the board do not count as having moved off so they don't end the game because it's specified that way. That's very interesting. So in Reconnoiter, David, I'm going to give a ruling. I'm not a TO, but I'm just going to give a ruling for the confused listeners Mm -hmm. here. The objectives are the game lasts until the end of a turn in which one force has been reduced to a quarter of its starting number of models or below, at which point the force that has scored the most victory points wins the games. If both players have the same, blah, 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 blah. And then it's got the additional line that you said here. Mm-hmm. Models that have escaped the board count as being on the board for the purposes of determining if a force is broken. Yes. So they're not on the board. Yes. Except for, for the purpose of determining that if a force how is broken. That is how I would interpret it. The fact that they have introduced a specific clause for break mm-hmm. means that they wouldn't normally count as being on the board. One of the TOs agreed with me. Yep. The other one said no. Because they've introduced this rule, it's implied that it would also count for other things. Yeah, who's that person? Um, I can't remember. Was it Tim or Josh? One of you. It was one of those that? two. Shame. Shame so on one you. of those two was the wrong. The correct one was correct and the wrong one was wrong. Whichever yes. one you are, one of you is right, one of you is wrong. So... At this point, I want to say I'm not blaming them because they had a big tournament to run and they did a very good job at it. I'll do it for you. I'm blaming them. But that is something to be wary of if you have multiple TOs circling that this will occur eventually. So we had our ruling. We knew that we couldn't just run off the board because at that point, 50 orcs would wander off our side. Yep. So we're going to have to fight them in the middle. We exchanged lists. So it turns out there was only 48 of them. The people at dinner lied to me. <laughs> uh, however, it included one shade with a pile of orcs, mm-hmm. two burrowites with piles of orcs. Burrowites, yes. Two burrowites with yep. piles of orcs. Mm-hmm. One captain on foot with a pile of orcs or captain. One or captain on wag with a pile of wag riders. I like this army because all the orcs could potentially cause terror if they're clumped together. Yes, if they get close enough to one of the spirits. But then good army doesn't care about terror, so that's... Yes, because yeah. I brought a warhorn yeah, exactly. this exact situation. And you also have a third of your army of bodyguard. Yes. However, what this meant is I'm outnumbered more than two to one in an army with more than twice as much cavalry as I have. Because mm-hmm. they had a warband of, yes. um, cav- yep. of wag riders. So, turn one, I spend seven might points getting my army onto the board. 
because <laughs> I decided I was going to maximize my might use. So I maximized yeah. my might use. Uh, from turn two, I just started marching because I wanted to. I wanted to be fighting at the river, and the river was on his side of the board. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Um, so I marched up. I planted my royal guard in the middle. I spread my cavalry around a bit, and I'm like, first objective completed. I've got to where I wanted to be. Problem is, I had to wait for Billy to commit his wag riders, because if I went in first and his wag riders got around me, they were gone. Yes. They're off the board. Yep. I can't afford to let him get 12, 13 models off the board when I've only got 22 in my whole army. Mm. So at this point, I'm like, I've got more shooting than he does. I can sit here and wait for him to commit. This was the only game where Eowyn, being in her non-armoured form, mattered. Because she took a couple of thrown spears to the shoulder, <laughs> and she was r- riding around with like one wound, one fate for the rest of the game. Eventually, the orcs commit. After my throwing spears failed to kill anything, my riders took one wag out from under his rider, one rider off his wag, but generally not a whole lot of damage. Mm-hmm. At this point, I deployed my classic anti-shade tactic. I hit it straight on. <laughs> One charge right down the middle. Because I'm higher fight than the orcs on my royal guard and on my heroes, the neg one isn't as telling as it would be otherwise. Because it means I now lose draws rather than winning them. Whereas if you're lower fight already, then you lose draws and lose yes. one above draws. Yep. So I hit him. My heroes killed a bunch of guys. And here I got lucky. The borough wraiths came in. The borough rights came in. Yep. Whoever they were. One was a wraith, one was a right. I don't a white. know. The <laughs> borough whites came in <laughs> and they botched. Yep. They threw an amazing amount of ones and twos. <sighs> so my heroes, with their magic resistance, shrugged it off. Yep. Then the wag riders made their move. They were coming around the flank. I called the rock move because I had more might than he did. So he had four points across the entire army. And I started moving back to cut him off. He split out some of them to either side. I sent my riders, not my what, heroes, just the warriors out to stop them. At this point, the Silmaril came into play. First time it really mattered because in all the previous games, I just had enough might that I didn't need to yep. win a priority. But since we've both got warriors on the flanks, I'm like, I'll use it, I'll win, I'll ride him down. I forgot to use it. The opponent rolled priority, I picked up a dice on reflex and the opportunity was missed. Oh no. <laughs> so my cavalry got caught flat-footed. A yep. uh, couple of them died. Two of them didn't. That was important because next turn, I'm like, I'm using it this turn. And my guys charged back in and they scored a mighty victory for Rohan. Couldn't catch all of them because I'd lost a couple of them, but I definitely cut down his numbers that he had going around the flanks. Yep. In the meantime, his two orc captains had tried to get around my block of guys in the middle, but they'd run out of might while doing it. And once they were out of might, my, my line just yep. pinned them. Yep. I sent a couple of guys off. At that point, I'm like, okay, I just have to wait until the orcs quarter. So you sent your infantry off. Did you just generic uh, No. So the riders on the flanks that survived, yep. uh, they rode off. And I think I did have one of the infantry guys who was just further forward than the others. So you've got a others. few off. Does Billy have anyone off at this point? He's, so I've got three guys off. Yep. He's got two guys running for the edge. Okay, gotcha. Yep. I break the evil side. Yep. They run. Yes, yes. So it's now 3-0. All I need to do is protect Thaddeon. Um, but I'm running out of guys in the middle because he did have a shade there. Mm. So at this point, Thaddeon picked up his shield and he hid behind it. The heroes with heroic defense pulled in next to him and called defense each turn. The heroes without heroic defense pulled in next to him and called strikes each turn. And they just sort of held in this little bubble. 
because a hero on heroic defense is still killing it full effectiveness. And we just whittled down the orcs and watched them run. Mm. So this round, I believe we had um, a one minus courage to both forces. I believe so. However, I wasn't paying all that much attention to that because I had a lot of bodyguard. Okay, so it didn't um, affect you. Did it affect Billy? I can't remember. Sounds like it did. He didn't have a shade, I don't th- a shaman, I don't think. So. No, he did have... Mainly, all his heroes were clustered in the middle yep. within the shade range. Um, that meant his terror didn't stretch out as far as it could have. Yep. Didn't matter too much because the amount of body art I had. And yeah, anyone he sent running... Um, Just legged it. Though they were Agmar, so they're pretty low courage to start off with. But going from two to one is massive. That's deadly, yes. Yeah, that, that's that's it. It's like It goes from, okay, mm-hmm. I've got... Almost a 50 50 yeah. chance of passing to I'm going to pass one in four. But yeah. Uh, which, at this point, I can't fault anything Billy did game wise. Yeah, it sounds he, like a good game. He played a strong tactical game. He botched all of his cast rolls. I think he got one paralyzing on Thaddeus, but yep. I had the cluster of heroes around him, so it didn't matter. And yeah, he can't roll courage one courage tests. But again, that's nothing wrong with his play. Interestingly, he did say this was like the second or third game in a row that he'd come up against a Silmaril. And that was costing him, yeah, because he didn't have the might to Doesn't counter. Doesn't have any it. might, no. Which is interesting because last year you only played one game against the Silmaril maximum. Yeah, no, they changed it this year because they just basically because they're all on the good side pretty much the whole time. Uh, okay, because because it was you, Kylie, and Henry that won it. Yes, and no one was beating you guys at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Now I did during this round beat Henry finally, so that put one Silmaril for one round of play. Yes. To the evil side, round five. But that okay. was the first time a Silmaril had ever hit the evil side. Mm-hmm. So I think it got to the point where if they kept the theme matchups, they couldn't avoid them anymore. They're all just so concentrated. Makes sense, I guess. But, but yeah, to be hit over and over again, and to be hit by good players, I guess, mm-hmm. so to have to play Kylie and Henry and then you, that's pretty hard. It sounds yes. like Billy did a really good job. He did. Um, as I said, I can't fold his gameplay, considering... His army, considering what he was up against, the amount of might that I was able to put across the board, which because this one went for a long time, because we had that sort of niche bit in the middle where the just it was the surviving heroes and a handful of troops each, I managed to spend twenty nine of the things. Yep. Um, and with four might against twenty nine, it was always going to be an uphill struggle for him. Can you imagine how much better his army would have been if he was allowed to take Birda? That. Quite possibly, because Birdo can strike, yes. Birdo can strike. He's a three-might troll with a shade back up that can strike. That is pretty nasty. Yeah, so having that as a leader instead of generic orc captains. On wags, yeah. Like, yeah, you drop some orcs or some wag riders, but it's... Yeah, it would have like, cut into the numbers, but it would have given it the hitting power that it lacked. Correct, correct. So that, w- that was another example of sort of sometimes our armies weren't perfect. We had a lot of heroes yeah. missing from them and key ones. Yeah, I think... As as I said earlier, the only real effect on Rohan was we lost Mary and we lost the upgraded Eowyn. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Though the upgraded Dernhelm is nice. Though. Oh, no. Agreed. But you've got so many other things that do it the same job. I don't think anything else in the game can call two heroic actions in a phase. Two captains? Yeah, but they're not the same model. I know. It, but It's you, the strike and the combat. But you're... <laughs> But you're calling that anyway just by putting two captains into a Oh, combat. yeah, but I could have called four. Yeah, okay, I get your point, David. But anyway, so that was a 10-1 in the end um, to Nasty. Rohan, which meant I picked up a bonus. I got to choose my deployment zone in the next mission. Yes, oh, I got that one once. Pretty useless. And I got it on a mirror match board. Yeah, it depends which board you end up on, but a lot of them were mirror matches. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that was that was good. And look, honestly, just listening to that, that sounds like that was even though it was a ten-one. That sounds like your closest game. Yes. Because I don't know. Listening to your conversations, I don't know that you were in a winning position that whole game. No. That if I hadn't broken, if I hadn't broken the Agmar, yeah. When I did, that would have been at least two models off. Which at that point, I think we're both running for it at a similar sort of time. And I did have to take courage tests on riders. Yes. So. With the Neg 1, with the plus 1 from the Warhorn. Because I think the Warhorn had actually died by this point because he tried to take on a bunch of, you know, guys in shade range. So, there was a real chance that I could have failed as well. More importantly, someone like Thaden could have failed and you lose your leader. Yes. I had killed his leader in combat because, again, yep. I had the models to do that. But, yeah, it could have gone either way. Yeah. So, that was probably the closest so yep. far. Oh, good. 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 So at that point, I'm just going to do a score update. I haven't been doing this for every round. Score update. But at the end of round four, we had good on 700, mm-hmm. evil on 513. Getting okay. thrashed. That's interesting. But for my own score update, I'm up to 97 might points used, 10 unspent. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, four games. So you're doing 25 a game. Uh, let's see. 27, 18, 23, 29. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's uh, wow. Well, Rohan, it's where it's at. And honestly, like you talked about tactics to use them. Yes, you spent a lot to get on the board, but yes. that's good spending. Yes, you spent a lot on marches. That's good spending. Yes. It doesn't sound like you're wasting them. It sounds like you're using um, them at every opportunity. Some of those, like you probably don't need to spend three might to get on the board turn one. Um, but in this case, I'm like, I'm only really spending two because I get one of them straight back. Yeah. Um, and what I did is I tried to make it clear to m- my opponent I have more might than you. Behold. And hopefully that would affect their thinking later in the yeah. game. Well, it really does. If you've got, you're going against some of a Silmaril and you've only got four might and they're mm-hmm. throwing away might because they don't even care about it. Yeah. It has, I find it has two effects. Both are beneficial to you. First effect is shock and awe. The opponent goes, I can't deal with this. I've got no idea what's happening. And they become defensively minded, which means they're not trying to win. They're just trying to survive. Yep. Second thing, they can decide that you're an absolute idiot and they'll write you off as a player, in which case, whatever else you do, they don't see it coming. <laughs> um, yeah, which, enough. yeah, when you start throwing three mites at like jump tests and things, it happens. But it's a, be- it's a benefit. If the opponent underestimates you, you take that every day of the week. Well, sometimes those jump tests on a six are actually that valuable. Oh, yes. Like, you mm. wouldn't do it on a normal hero because yeah. you need those three points of might. But if mm-hmm. you can just say, I'm down to essentially an Aragorn one might a turn... Mm-hmm. And I can make this killer charge or I can get over yes. this gap or mm-hmm. get out of trap or whatever. I'll take that. And those surprise attacks sometimes are, are the best assassination runs, aren't yes. they? Where someone just, just goes and jumps over No one over saw thing it coming. It's like you can't jump over that. Runs down your banner or your mm-hmm. shade. Oh, yes. Really good. Okay, round five, David. Okay, for round five, we headed to a place with a tricky name because it could be the ancient forest. But this is Numenor. They don't pronounce... C's with the, you know... That's correct, yes. So, they pronounce them with a hard K. So, I guess it's the Ancient Forest? I believe so. Okay. And the Ent, I think, is referring to the trees as Ents. So, I think it's... I don't think it's... Like, people thought it was ancient as being old, but I definitely don't think it is. No, I think it, it has name. Ents with Anks. Got yeah. it. Ancient Forest. Fair enough. So, this mission was Storm the Camp. So, I'd set up a camp in this Ancient Forest, <laughs> and where... One of us is like, hey, what's that ominous glow on the horizon? Someone's like, there's an Isengard army. Set up camp right next to us. So I got to choose my deployment zone in this mirror match, you know, yes. camp off. <laughs> Ident- um, identical sides, yes. 
But yeah, so there was a couple of forests on the board, a couple of rocky things, and a bunch of fences. So I marched straight at the Isengard army to just get the battle onto their side of the field. Yep. The Isengard army didn't march, but they had a lot of move eight because they had Lertz, Ugluk, Malher, yep. uh, the usual sort of fellows. I think they had the Wag Rider hero as well. The Shaku? I believe so. Yep. Shaku's basically just a generic captain now with March. Yep. So he's. Yeah. Well, he's I'm not sure March. if he was the Wag Rider hero or if I'm thinking one of the other Isengard armies now, but yep. there was definitely Wag Rider. Yeah, Wag Riders give you a 10 inch move. Murhurda's um, yes. Warband moves eight. It's and he had a bunch now. of move through woods somehow as well. I'm not sure how he got that, but he had hmm, some. I don't know about that. I'll have to check that up. Yep. I don't know if it was an army bonus or a table bonus or something, but he had some guys that can yep. move through some yep. woods. Could be, it could be a similar early sort yeah. of So bonus. we were both approaching rather rapidly, but I managed to get to the fences first. So I set up with all my throwing spears dug in, shield spears ready. is a three-inch gap in the fences, so I lined up double ranks of throwing spears in there. My opponent, there was a wood right opposite this. So he moved into there with these guys that could move through woods. So they were in deep cover. I was, you know, I had a fence. We're like, right, it's a standoff. Because I hadn't left any guards. He had left a couple. So I had to, again, wait for him to commit his cavalry. Because if I go in when his cavalry aren't committed, they can just swing wide. Yep, yep. So I was happy to wait it out because he was blunting my throwing spears, but he wasn't stopping all of them. Mm. So my regular guys failed to hit for something like two turns in a row, but Alfhelm was getting kills because it's Alfhelm. Yes. It's yes. what he does. Yes. Eventually, the Isengard hit me straight into that three-gap opening, which allowed me to swing around, hit them in the side because this was a heroic move-off. So then his guys in the wood were planning to swing in and hit me in the side. So I had guys to hit them in the side. Mm-hmm. Um, so that devolved into a mess. But I had a lot of might, so I could cut my way out of a mess. Yep. But then Albert got me with a surprise move. Some of his guys, instead of piling into the mess, marched round. And there was a lot of them. So they were, they were out flanking me. I'm like, what have I got that can stop alerts and an ugluk and a bunch of feral Urukais? I had Eowyn. She was on a horse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she had a couple of royal guard and one rider with her. So I threw them in the path of this oncoming horde. And I'm like, do I try and bulk um, Lurtz? Because we're both fight five. If I call the combat and he calls a strike, I don't go anywhere near him. If he doesn't call the strike, then I probably still wouldn't go anywhere near him. But I don't need to let him know that. <laughs> so I'm getting ready to bulk Lurtz. But then, bol- but then Lurtz calls a heroic combat. Like, he's bulging me. (laughs) You can't bulg, Erwin. So I called a combat, and I'm like, right, let's settle this here and now. Uh, The dice clattered. I won the roll-off. Erwin defeats her opponent and goes straight into Lurtz's combat. Yep, yep. So I've got three dice. He has three dice. I have another knight because he had to be fighting somebody to call the combat off. So I have more dice. We both fight five. The dice are rolled. We're both looking at sixes. It comes down to the 50-50. It goes to Rohan. Of course. Eowyn outs her sword, chops Lurtz into itty-bitty pieces. <laughs> Ugluk wins the heroic move off, steps through the red mist, and skewers Eowyn. Both heroes just obliterated in a matter oh, wow. of moments. And we both looked at that and went, I didn't expect that to happen. The other guy's like, and Albert's like, neither did I. That's What do we, what do, we do at this point? <laughs> They're all dead. Which, for me, that was one of my striking heroes. So I've only got two in the army, but same with Yurikai, because Yurikai don't have many striking heroes either. Mm. 
So those guys continued their way, marching around the side. I continued my mopping up the guys in the middle and trying to push in to hit them. But then an earthquake hit. Uh, this was one of those Silmarilly special rules. Yep. You had to roll a dice for every model in your army. All of them. On the roll of a one, they were knocked prone. Mm-hmm. So we both start rolling dice are clattering. Didn't really affect anybody until we get to Thadden. We roll the dice. Comes up a one. Snowmane goes down. Thadden goes <laughs> down. Oh, He's no. on the ground. And at this point, I had Gamling Thad- and Thadden trying to sweep round, and they were coming in behind these Urukai that had gotten around my side. Yep. So th- I was relying on them to cut through the rear guard in a turn th- with their heroic combats to put them in charge range of the main bulk of guys the next turn. Yep. Like, the tempo was precise. <laughs> if I lose a turn in here, those guys just move six inches and I'm not catching them for another two turns. Yep. And then suddenly Thadden's on the ground. There goes my tempo. There goes my position. Um, I don't have enough resources to recover that because you weren't allowed to spend might on this roll. Yes. Which yeah. I've got might. I have plenty of might. Yeah. Too but bad. they, no they made the rules. So at this point, Gambling, he's got his little banner. And he's like, I have a plan to buy us those turns that we need. So he called his heroic combat. And instead of pushing in round, he just legged it back. He jumped a fence, I think. And he got within six inches, two or three of my other guys. So next turn, he could call the move to throw those three guys at the other people who had get who'd gotten around me. Yep. And once that happened, I had them because the Urukai are out of might by this point. Yes, yes. And Gamling just every turn calls the move to throw his three guys with shields at the enemy. Yeah, yeah. Buys me that if they had got one move off, they would have been gone. But they were out of might. So, Gambling kept him pinned. In the meantime, Hummer left, laid a couple of guys across the board, and we stormed their camp for a 12 nil win. Wow. Wow. But what I found about this scenario was this was one of the few times Storm the Camp worked. We were both pushing for the opponent's yes. camp. We both played the objectives, because a lot of the times one person just sits back. Yeah, yep, agreed. So, for me, this was probably the funnest game of Storm the Camp I've had against Albert, because... It played as a game of Storm the Camp should. Yeah. Similar to the game of Contest of Champions. It actually played like it should when you read it. In fairness, I've had some really good games of Storm the Camp. Like, it's, mm-hmm. the problem yes. is it can, if the other person doesn't want to play, it can yes. be like an auto-draw. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, you either you almost decide at the start of the game, you just go, are we going to draw or are we going to play out a really fun game? Because yes. we've had ones where we're running in circles around yes. each other in the middle and I, dancing around mm-hmm. and doing all this sort of fun stuff. And we've had ones where... Yeah. Okay, my whole army's in the camp. I'm not even setting a foot out. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Well, I'm not going to get into engagement range because everything's got a 24-inch bow and I'm going to get gunned down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's one of those ones that doesn't always work, but that was probably my favourite game yeah. for the tournament. Oh, good. Um, Albert was an excellent opponent. It was it was top-tier game. I'm starting to worry about you, David. The last two mm-hmm. games sound like they were close. Yeah. Um, if I hadn't had large amounts of might, that would have that could have gone either way. Yeah. Like, and how good's gambling now? He's free might on himself as yes. well, and that that's huge. Mm-hmm. I keep I keep thinking as an evil player, I'm so jealous because Bolg's my free might hero. Yes, he has to do ten kills. Yes, I've been playing Bolg for years now. Yep, I have never ever got to the ten kills. The <sighs> best I have got is eight. That's pretty close, but it's not quite ten. But I've never yep. ever got to use that free might move ever mm-hmm. ever now. Now he has master of battle, so usually the opponents are dead yes. after he gets four kills because mm-hmm. he kills heroes. 
Oh, I'm so jealous by that. I think I'm going to have to go back to the Rohan at some point. Well, that was 19 might points that uh, game. Oh, only 19. Yeah, huh. which, however, does bring us up to 116 total. Oh. Uh, two unspent, which brings us up to 12 unspent. Um, Getting good at the might. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. No, that sounds like a really good game. Good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. So, the end, the, our end of round five score. So Now, this was on the day. They didn't actually announce the score at this point. They, they had a whole bunch of question marks up, which I completely agree with because I think there's no way to demoralize a side faster than to tell them they're doing so badly that you can't actually tell them how badly they're doing. Oh, so yeah. for a good player, we saw these question marks come up. And we we're like, we've got this. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, you... they're so far behind. We we can't even tell them how far behind they are. And we we, we were like that. We were demoralized. <laughs> we're like. No, we, we never thought what's the point of playing, but it was just like there is nothing we can do to win this. Until they announced that since, you know, being round six, all these little bonuses that you would pick up aren't worth anything, they declared, nah, double points all round. Yeah, plus they also said good gets one plus courage, evil gets one minus courage, which has been killing us the whole tournament. Yeah, that's not ideal. No, so to say it's double points, but you also get, Mm -hmm. yeah, a two-point courage swing. Nasty. Mm -hmm. Um, The actual points behind the question marks were 887 to 578. Okay, so that's a, that's a that's fair margin. That's a fair margin. We're, oh, yeah. yeah, that's a big margin. Mm-hmm. So round six. Round six, we come to Armanalos. Mm. Now, this mission was Seize the Prize on a fairly heavily terrained board with ruins. Lots Let, of ruins. Let's call it like it is. It was Seize the Prize from inside a castle. Yes. So I got to this board and it wounded me because this is one of my boards. I know... Because we've used this board in a lot of tournaments, that you have to be very careful when you set this board up. Because if you put an objective in the castle, it ends the game. And people come to me afterwards and complain. Because they're like, your board was rubbish. So I saw this, and I thought back to all the chatter over dinner. And I thought back to all the things I'd heard, and I went, this is what they're talking about. Because Kylie had had a game where she just marched turn one with a guy who moved 12 already. Bam. Locked all the entrances to get yep. in. Yep. Other I, games where people got in first and it wasn't a game. And I, I did went, twice. Yep. This is what they were talking about. This is my board. I'm going to take the blame for this. Because we know we've played on it enough times. You've got to be careful how you set it up. Because mm. there are pits of it that were designed to look cool but not be fought over. Yes. Unless you're playing at smaller points. At 300, by all means, put it in the middle. Because both armies can deploy in the thing. But I actually... At 1300... Ugh, it, yeah. it wounded me to see that. I actually specifically set up my boards, took photos of them in my house and said, these are how the boards are going to be set up mm. and this is what the terrain is. If you treat this terrain as this, it won't work. Yes. And I think you should consider doing that as well, David, because mm-hmm. I agree with you, that board is either an amazing board to play on or it's absolutely yes. rubbish depending on where the objectives are and where the big yes. bits of terrain Cause are. Because we've had, we've had it played in the past where people put 40 mil objectives on the bridge. If you put a 40 mil objective on the bridge, you can't cross the bridge. Yep. And then pe- both armies would stand there going, this is a stupid board. We can't cross the bridge. And it's like, so we've learnt. There are things that you can and can't do on it. But yeah, I guess I've just got to stop lending it to other people to set up. Or just get rid of the big bits of terrain. Yeah. Um, don't give them the clock tower. Don't give them the... Yeah. Oh, well, I'll figure out something because... I think you should do a, a, a let's let's say one a time, just do a map of yes. it. Yeah, just do something, say this is how it's designed to set up and why. 
and have three crossing points. Yes. And that is the board. It's got three crossing points. I think the diagonal is the way to do it. I really like the diagonal. I don't On a like four by four, um, we've got the pieces. It sets up diagonally beautifully. I actually like a diagonal on a six by four as well, but I think mm-hmm. you need to get some extra pieces yes. to make it look a bit nicer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be tricky to match the color, but we can do it. Um, or we just redo the color and put some... Yeah, just repaint the whole thing. Yeah, because I, look, I... I like the board as well, but I've had some terrible games on that board and some great games on that board. Yeah. And for scenarios, it's it's amazing. It is the perfect Oscillius yes. board. They did a few other interesting things with it. Like they took the second levels off a bunch of the buildings and then let people wander around on the top of the walls. Yes. I'm like, there's a piece for that. If you want to put models up there, I can get it. I can see it under the table there. Yeah, that, that got me because I know that Henry did that and he got ruled as yeah that's fine and i because I, I i in the back of my head said you can't do that because i remember playing with the pieces on top of it yeah so if you wanted to have people up top we've got a piece for that yeah you got a second level but yeah so how did you go through it in this scenario david so if sees the prize uh for my ally i had jacob yep who had the rivendell list with tom bombadil yes so we had a powerful alliance oh yeah uh we were up against uh nathan we were up against nathan and liam they had a dog Aldor list and a Moria list. Yep. So no, Liam's got the Watcher Moria list. Yes. Well, and the Watcher Watcher is actually one of the few things that can get around Tom Bombadil. Um, more than that, it can get around seize the prize, because on turn one, yes. at the start of the turn, before move, so we can't. Yep. We can't march the objective because turn one, on three plus it arrives. It can spend might on that. So on a two plus, they get a Watcher size base, in a fortress with one way in for us. Yep. So they got the two plus, the watcher came down, we couldn't get into the building. Yep, I gotcha. They had bat swarms, so turn one, they pick up the item with a bat. Yep. Now, Seize the Prize is balanced on the idea that the game doesn't end until both armies are quartered. Mm -hmm. This means if the enemy gets the prize, turn one, in a fortress, you can just wall it off and wipe them out. I disagree. I think Seize the Prize is not balanced at all. 1,300 points though... Our chances of wiping them out in the time limit were slim. Yep. So we had to get into that building because the bat had the thing. So we marched forward. We did all sorts of stuff to try and get around the sides. Thaden charged the watcher through the doorway. We had an interesting conversation at the start as to which doorways Cav could and couldn't fit through it. And this came down to there's a ruling in the main rules book that says if it's close, discuss with your opponent. Since the rule book doesn't rule either way it makes it a very hard discussion to have with your opponent yes it does so in the end the to came over and said nah just go through it it'll be fine we, that's what we said for everybody else so go for it oh so you got cavalry able to go through the yes, two so big cavalry doors. could go through the bigger doors i think that's fair i think they'll, they'll cavalry yes. size bases they're just a bit low so yes. you have to duck to go through them the horse could fit through easily yes so thaden went in uh the elves moved up to try to cast their spells to knock the beast down and the beast resisted because it has a pile of will. It does. But this caught me because I got distracted and I thought it was on the ground when it wasn't. So Thaden struck up. He won the fight. He threw his six dice to wound. He got five wounds straight up and I spent the might to get the six. And I'm like, six wounds. And they're like, it's not trapped. I'm like, oh, okay, three wounds then. Because that's, that's how we play here. If you roll two dice and they're both sixes yep. and yeah. you're only meant to roll one, then it's only one six. But they said, no, that's not how they played. So they made me roll my dice again, yeah. and I only got one wound. Yep. Which I fully understand. It's just one of those. Since we play differently, it's sort of jarring when you you're focused, and then something like that throws up, and it makes you think, "What else am I assuming?" Yeah, 
No, I agree with that that mm-hmm. statement. We we tend to do that because we play so much scenarios. Yes, it's almost more about the story anyway. Yeah, so we don't care about mm-hmm. like the the win is not as important yes. as as let's sort yeah. it out. But I I would probably play like that in a tournament. I'll just say redo the action. If you yes. stuff up an action, redo the whole action. Yes, but it's sort of one of those things that if I'd rolled six not wounds. Do I still get to re-roll, even though I've quite clearly not wounded? Correct, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it just, that wasn't a problem, but what it was is it just set that voice in the back of my mind going, what assumptions, what what is, <laughs> what it, what am I thinking is going to be, which is not? So, you've been thrown right off. You come onto your own board, which is yes. set up in a way that you don't like. You're questioning all your beliefs about the game. Yes. You're rolling sixes that aren't sixes. Yep. What else is happening? So, we did manage to push the thing back because we won the fight. Yep. So, we won the heroic move-off, and we had to get something into combat with that bat. So, I dismounted Thaddon, I dismounted Eowyn uh, to fit in through this doorway. Uh, Elrond burnt, I think it was three might points, to jump in from one of the sides and come swinging in on a rope. We were just, at this point, we abandoned the game to just rush at the bat, like, we had Wag Marauders on one flank that we just didn't care about. Yep. We had a whole bunch of Gundabad Orcs coming around the other flank, which wiped out a warband of elves, because it turns out I can't roll to win fights with elves. Um, they were straight fights, and I just lost every single one of them. That um, actually happens a bit. Like, Gundabads are a good matchup for elves, because they've got the high defense. Yes. So, so, and but high I lost every fight. Yeah, that's unusual. I lost the whole front rank. Second turn, I lost the whole back rank. Ugh. Um so, yeah, don't get me to roll for elves. It doesn't Just work. don't play elves. Play Rohan or something. Yeah, that would <laughs> be much better. So Add 27 might every game. So, yeah, we managed to pin the bat that turn. And everybody piled in. We chipped a couple more wounds off the Watcher. Because it's a large base. It doesn't have strike. Um, so, once we get it in combat, we can beat it. Turn three starts. We both call moves. Move goes to them. The bat flies 12 inches back. Uh, at this point, we're never going to break them because it's 1,300 points. Uh, we're never going to kill their leader because it's the Necromancer with 1,300 points to hide behind. And we're never going to see that item again because it is gone. So we lose the game on turn three. But we're like, oh, we'll, we'll kill the Watcher anyway. We're here. So we killed the Watcher. Not a problem. And then our opponents, they decided that the evil side was behind. They needed to make up some points. So they were going to try and get that bat through our lines. So the bat swung wide yep. onto the Necromancer's side and started to push forwards. I'd dismounted most of my heroes to get into the building, so I had Gambling and Hummer were the only two left mobile. So they swung wide as well to try and match the bat. As it moved, I moved. We got to a turn where the bats had moved behind the bridge. Yep, yep. Um, I could get a charge, but only by going up onto the stairs of the bridge and hitting it across the barrier. Yep. But that meant I was slightly higher than it and on a sort of slight tilt. So we're like, does this work? And your base doesn't quite fit on that thing anyway, is it? It's kind of a bit of a balancing act. Yeah, one, isn't it, it? We, yeah. We, it was a bit off. So yes. we called a TO. Yep. And the TO said, no, you can't charge over that barrier because you're a cavalry model. You're too tall. That barrier is not a barrier for you. You'd have to charge normally. Your base doesn't fit into contact because you can't really mm. balance there. Yep. So yep. I said, okay, what if I dismounted? Then I'd be shorter. That'd be an obstacle. The TO said, yeah. Because at that point, you're shorter, it's an obstacle. Yep. So I dismounted and I ran into combat. Yep. And we threw some other guys in. Sounds good to me. But then we came across another situation with obstacles. And so we called for a TO again. The other TO showed up. And we said, this is the situation. This is how the last one was ruled as well, just to give them the context. And they went, no, that's, that's stupid. You can't, become, you can't kneel down and shuffle towards the enemy just to make them count as being behind an obstacle. 
So <laughs> we got our horse back because they let us get our horse back because we only dismounted a charge. And we instead had to try and jump and land in combat, which this created another problem. Because when the addition changed, people said you can only jump into combat on a six. And we mm, all went, yeah, no, that's a rule. No, 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 no. Who said that? It was one of those things that was just generally well known. But then no one could find it in the rule book. But because a lot of people have said it, the belief is oh, floating around. No, no, that's not true. So we went through the rule book and we couldn't find it. So we're like, well, I guess we don't need to roll a six. Um, but maybe we do and we just couldn't find it. So that was, again, uncertainty. So we failed to get the six. We landed in combat with some other guys and the bats flew off. The problem is, as I said, 1,300 points. We're always going to be strapped for time. And this is the second yep. time we've run into a thing where we had to call for backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, it really got the feeling of the game down because I've got a Silmaril. If I lose, I lose the Silmaril. So I, I kind of need to take the game seriously. But at the same point, we're arguing about rules now, which was yeah. probably my fault because, again, I was taking the game pretty seriously. And at this point, good so far ahead that doesn't matter what evil does, it's still yes. going to lose the matchup. Yeah. So for me, it was all about that Silmaril, um, which, so yeah, apologies to the other three players of that game. Um, but yeah, the bat flew off and it was gone. It's sort of appropriate, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. the Silmaril pretty much made people go crazy in the lore as well. Yes. So that's mm-hmm. to make it, to make you, yeah. I, I like to acknowledge that you were acting differently because yes. you had it. Um, I guess the other problem was, was again, was my board. Yep. So I've always ruled that as just, because it has a lot of variation in levels and I've never seen a game system that actually had good rules for variation in elevation. Yes. Um, so we've always just played, if it's a bit weird, it's a defender barrier. So again, it was that. What else am I assuming? Oh, you've got to, you've got to like <laughs> with your own boards, you've got to lay out every single yes. rule because we've like which we... caught me on one of the other ones because like there was a linear obstacle which had been ruled on the little map because there was a map provided yep. that it wasn't actually an obstacle; it was rubble, yep. so I couldn't jump it. I had to move over at yeah, quarter speed. Yep, yeah. yep, correct. Things like that. Yeah. So the bat flew off. We couldn't catch it. We had one shot on the necromancer. We failed to cause the 18 wounds necessary to kill it. And so that was a loss to the good side, a zero to five. Oh, finally. So they took my Silmaril. Good. And good. they had to dice off for it, however. Yep. Um, and they were going to just roll and like whoever rolled higher. But then somebody else came over and said, no, you should roll. And if it's odd or even, then someone else came over and said, no, you should roll like this. And it turned out while they were squabbling about it, um, Josh ruled that they all got washed into the sea because he didn't want to see them at his next year's event. <laughs> yes. So I claim they didn't take it from me. The TO took it from me. Yeah, yeah, that was a disappointing one, isn't it? So after having an event where the good side had the silver rules for, mm-hmm. what was it? Um, like um, 17 out of 18 games. Yes. Uh, they got a bonus for mm-hmm. the silver rules. Josh said, no, these are too powerful. Let's get them away. Yes. Though yeah. what was interesting is year before, they were the major prize. Yes. This year, they got washed into the sea. Yes, and the major prize was down to painting um, yes. best armies. Which and there were some very nicely painted armies there. There were some fantastic armies. Mm-hmm. It was, look, the whole standard was really good across the board, I thought. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. And that's, mm-hmm. I guess that's always been the case for our system as well, and I mm-hmm. think it's going to get more now with, with people being able to paint them easier mm-hmm. with different paints available. So that, that's really good. Um, and you guys all got one of the little, I think they're called pop vinyl statues. Is that Quite right? Possibly. Yes. Someone's telling that, me. That, that name sounds familiar. That's, I think it's called. So which they're, one did you get? They're the action figures or the really big heads? Yeah, big head action figures for some reason. Yep. yep. So um, they called out names and one by one you got to go up and pick one. And I like the look of Aragon and Gimli. They both look pretty cool. They're all pretty cool. But I'm like Aragon or Gimli. And then they went and I'm like, who else is up there? 
So I think I was like third from the end. So I get up there and I see Sam looking at me. And in his <laughs> hand is the file of Galadriel or Oriarendil. Take your pick. Yep. And within it is contained captured light, one of the Silmarils. And I'm like, <laughs> give me back my Silmaril. Yes. Constellation prize. The light of Silmaril. Bam. So I picked up a Sam. Uh, <laughs> you don't know how lucky you were to have a Silmaril for that whole event, David. Yes. Like you just happened upon it in the first game before, like in the first year, well, last year. Uh, we last year, I think I actually picked it up in game three or something. Yeah. No, game four. I like never that. had a Silmaril yes. battle in the first first one. It was started with a mixture of them, mm-hmm. and pretty soon, because last year the good side thrashed as well. Yes. So once you, Kylie, and Henry won a Silmaril on the first day, it never went. Yes. It never got passed mm-hmm. around. So you had that advantage, game advantage, yes. a free her, free priority Which, every game you played yep. for two years worth of events. Yes. And but I did do crazy things. Henry was a, like stressed in our game as well because he yeah. didn't want to lose his Silmaril. Well, again, it's because. In the previous year, it was the major prize. Yep. So, I think it got to Kylie and myself as well. It was the idea that we were going into a tournament being told from the very beginning, you cannot drop a game this tournament. Yeah. Um, which, to my mind, definitely makes for a much more stressful, much more competitive event. The knowledge that you cannot drop a game. Um. Which it turned out we could, but no one told us that. Yeah. If they yeah. had told us that, we, we would have probably had a different approach to the event. Maybe, but it's like, mm-hmm. I th- think maybe that came down to the like competitive natures as well. And, and like, yeah. But was... yeah, but I totally agree that that turned on the competitiveness for me. Yep. It just, this is, it's both a narrative thing because it's, it's one of the most powerful artifacts in Middle Earth. Um, you want to protect it. It's got a major prize attached to it, or we yep. thought it had. And, well, it was a, a bit of a... Because the three of us had one, we didn't want to be the first person to lose it. Yeah, I can and see when that. And when we held it, there were high fives. Um, yeah, it was... I, look, honestly, I, I think it probably shouldn't have stayed for the year behast because it yes. was a little bit demoralizing that you three, who are already very good players, mm-hmm. were all on the same side again mm-hmm. and just got it yes. against... Like I think the evil side took a very different approach in that we were just talking about what was a cool cool model and we mm-hmm. our forum chat was a lot like, Oh, is anyone taking this model? That'll be really good to see. Oh, I'll take that model. Is anyone taking a Balrog? They'll be fun to have a Balrog. Oh, who who wants to take one? I'll take one. I took a Gorgoroth uh-huh. Beast because someone said that we've got no Gorgoroth Beast representation. Okay. So we actually had some discussions about representing I think Middle for Earth. us everybody had their lists because our forum chat wasn't started until very late. Yeah. So it was mainly like who's actually on this chat? And then we had to try and figure out whether Kylie was on the chat or not. Um, and then we came up with... a Oh, we had a cunning plan, which I can tell you about now. You see, to get that many evil players onto an island in the middle of nowhere, you would have had to have emptied all Mordor. So when the Fellowship sets out, they've got a clean shot oh, of Doom. Oh, of course they do. Of course they do. There's no one standing in their way. So we're, we're, we don't even have to win this. We just have to keep you pinned on this island and... The fellowship wins. Well, that's actually what we're thinking about the other way around. Like, there's no one left to defend the free peoples because there's there's orcs are without number, and considering how many we sent, exactly 156 mm-hmm. to <laughs> to Numenor, we have plenty left in Middle Earth. Whereas every single named elf, every single named Gondorian, every single named oh uh, yeah, but the fellowship's still there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good luck with no Boromir. What are you going to do yep. without a Boromir? With no Tom Bombadil? How are you going to get through past the Barrow oh, no, Whites? Yeah. Oh, no, the Barrow Whites came as well, though. Yeah, there's plenty of Barrow Whites. 
Uh, only about one or two. Only two fine. there. Still two back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting. One. Look, the event was. I thought it was fantastic. What did you yes. think? Um, much fun was had. Yep. Um, it's a really good event. I think it's definitely some areas to tweak. They, mm-hmm. Tim and Josh tried some new things. Some of them worked really well. Yes. How good were the maps and the um, scoreboard and that sort of stuff? That was very good. I did miss, however, the regions from last year. Yeah, so did I. Because um, previous years, you linked three maps together into a region. Um, and that and was that, a bonus for that region. Yes. But what it meant was you can't keep track of 20 different players and how they're going on your team. You can keep track of your two mates on the region. Yeah. So I think that really gave it that narrative feel. The whole, hey, we're fighting for this region. I might lose a game, but the region could still win. The other thing is that it felt more like a team game with that yes. one. So you had your, your, your two allies on either side mm-hmm. and you would ask them during the game, how are you going? And they said, I think I'm going to lose. Okay, I better go for the win. Yes. I'm going hard for the mm-hmm. win now. And you had that sort of by play. Now, I think we were probably... I was a little bit biased last game because I was on the winning team last time. So, it was everything came a bit easier. Mm-hmm. It was a lot more demoralizing being on the evil side and knowing that I won every single game, probably some of the best games I've ever played, and know that it's all for nothing because yes. I've got a bunch of... But the regions I've could give you a mini-objective sort of thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I could go to the TOs and say, let me defend this part. Yes. G- give me two new players on my flanks and mm-hmm. I'll help them. Yeah. Like learn the game and that sort of stuff would have helped yeah. as well. So it's yes. yeah, there's definitely definitely a whole lot of ideas. I really look forward to next year, and I'm I'm thinking of doing some almost like a mini event, stealing a whole bunch of ideas for this because I think I love the narrative, and yes. I think there's so many things I'll do differently. I think the main thing that I would add is have that theme component on your list, like yes, write yes. a story for it. Yes, because Agreed. I started writing a story and then I realized it wasn't actually in the, you know, yep. it wasn't a requirement. Um, Having hard restrictions but then no theme requirements sort of creates the idea that long as it fits within the hard restrictions, it's themed. Yes, which yes. I think, yeah, we did see. Yep. So, yeah, and I, I, yeah, and I wish I don't know I don't know how to do it, but the idea would be to have like almost like almost teams that aren't quite teams and saying that we're representing this or whatever because the problem problem we had was just the the carbon copy matches like there was yes. too many good armies especially and it, it could happen to evil armies you you encounter it with the Isengard yeah. Too many carbon copy army lists. Like, if you want to play Isengard, it should be, this is the Isengard scout list, this is the siege Isengard list, and this is the Isengard list pre-ability of Orthanc, who's trying to sort kill of trees. almost go back to Legions, um, yeah. when it wasn't just Isengard, or it wasn't just Gondor, it was, this is this period in time, this was this period in time. It feels like, oh yeah, if there's only some way to do that and say, look, I'm Minas Tirith, but I'm, I'm the walls of Minas Tirith. So I've got no yeah. cavalry. I've just got Berrigan and I guess in a few more years when we get more legendary legions, yeah, that you would might work. be able to do something like that. Yep, yeah, that um, could work definitely. Yeah, I feel I feel like there's got to be something else in there. Maybe 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 there's some like type restrictions. Mm-hmm. So maybe you've got to get I don't know. Maybe just get your list approved or something, and yeah. it ticks the box, and just say. Well, you could have I don't know. You could have say. Because they set a predetermined number of tickets this year. Yep. So instead of saying just 20 good, 20 evil, you could have 10 good Hobbit, 10 good Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Though, in that case, you do have people that don't own Hobbit armies. So you end up with waiting lists and that would be weird. But I honestly think, though, I, I, I think you should be able to give people a discount ticket for wildcard ones. 
And so, so, so you bring a couple of different armies and they tell you on the day which one you're using? Or before, the, the week before or whatever. Yep. And just say, so I could sign up as a wild card. I get whatever, a token discount or whatever to make yep. it attractive for people yep. to buy. Or you get it. a couple of bonus points or something. Or a bonus point or whatever, something like that. Or, or I get a certificate or something. I don't know. Yep. But just, just something to encourage people to do this. So I have multiple armies and I don't really care that much. If someone put me on the good side and said, you have to play Gondor, fine. I'll do it. I've got a nice Gondor army. I'll play that. If someone said... They are a very nice Gondor army. They are, yeah, yeah. If someone said, you're on evil and you have to play an all-beast army, that's an interesting challenge. I'm happy to do that. But I think you sign up some of the key players and some of us who are quite experienced and do that and then maybe have the people who only own their Isengard army, let them take that. Yeah, I guess you could have... You could have a themed points. So... You would have a list of things you can do. So if you take an army which is all beasts, yep. you get theme points for your team. Yep. If you take a army without any name characters, you get twenty theme points for your team. And then at the end, you would look at the team. You would look at how many theme points you've got, and then you do something with them. I'm not sure what, but I don't know. It could even be as simple as like publishing the team themed events and just say the team loses a theme point for every double up of a named character. Yes. So so you we're thinking about it. We have lots of armies. We're going, you know what? Boromir shows up on every other table. Can, as a good side, we really cop five negative points for having a Boromir? I'm going to design a Minas Tirith list with the King of Men. Yep. Or Knights of the White Tower. Yeah, something, exactly. Something that, that's not going to do that. Remember that there was a doubles event we went to years and years ago. I don't think you were there, but um, if the teams ever lined up with the same named hero, you rolled yes. off. I, I, I read the players pack for that one. That was nasty. One of you got to use it. You know what? People avoided named heroes unless they had to. Yes. So no one, it never came up mm-hmm. because no one said, right, my whole army's based around Prince Imrahil. I'll take Prince Imrahil. Now, yes, because that was a risk. Yeah. But at the same point, you could go, if no one else has taken Prince Imrahil, then... And that's that's what happened. People just said, "Well, look, no one else is going to risk it. I'll take Elrond," mm-hmm. and he was there. So, I don't know. I also I would love a bidding system for a named hero, something to do with like, like you can put certain points and either put it into your army or put it into buying named heroes, getting into the named hero lottery yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I guess if you have people pre-register, problem is you'd have to pre-register well in advance yes, if yes, you, you wanted would. to know who was in the lottery. You could do a first in best. You know, first in best dressed. Um, you could also say you have to be in by this date to have named heroes. Yes. So you have multiple cutoff points. Yeah. So the first cutoff point is the lottery. And then if you enter afterwards, you get... Whatever's available. Yeah. You, here's a list of what's available. Yeah. There could also be just bonuses for list submission. Yeah. Deadlines hidden in the, the early stage. And then I guess if you both submit the same list, you can get a um, get a, a resubmit offer to, to the two of you or whatever. So if we both put down Thayed and... Josh or Tim can send us an email and say, okay, talk amongst yourselves about negotiating. And I'll go, cool, I'm happy to run a Rohan army with, I don't know, all kings or uh, Aeol the Young or something different. Like, mm-hmm. let's swap it out. You could almost break open the, um, what was it called? The one after War of the Ring that had the, like, this is this guy and his lads that hang hung around with that guy. And, you know, for the, like, yeah. theme entries, so you're like... I'm going to take Rohan, and I'm, I'm not going to just take Rohan. I'm going to take Theodra's Majigs. Yep. Or I didn't actually play much War of the Rings, so I can't remember what they were called. But Yeah, no, there was those legendary legions that were called as well, surprisingly. Okay, yes. And they were basically a an army pretty much like the legendary legions are now. They're very similar. Mm-hmm. 
So you had a limited amount of heroes you can buy. Maybe maybe that's what they do. They publish, you have to choose from one of the options yep. and then give the options. Minister of 1 has these heroes. Yes. Minister of 2 has these heroes. And you can't get them all. You can't take Boromir, Faramir, Madrul, Damrod, all Though the same they list. All, theme-wise, though, they hung around together. Yeah, but you talk so, about it's a bigger battlefield, so they weren't all in the same location at the very same point. Oh, Some okay. of that. Like yes. like, yes, they were. But our skirmish doesn't represent a whole battlefield. True. So you can say they're all in the same battlefield, but were they all... Like, literally, score storming that camp at the same time with a dozen mates? No. Mm-hmm. No, so. fair point, fair point. Creates more work for the TOs as well. Oh, more is work is good. Always a good thing. Yeah, especially if we're not doing it. No, this is good ideas, David. I think, yeah, that's almost an episode in yep. itself. There is, however, one more thing that we need to announce. Go for it. In game six, because I went for six turns. Yes. So, my regenerating might uh, didn't really get to kick in. I spent 17 of my 14 might points with zero remaining. Ooh, well done. So Did you lose gambling? Uh, not in this one. Um, I believe he fought the Necromancer in the last turn, uh, but they sort of just bounced off each other. Yep, yep. Ooh, that could have been nasty for him. But yeah, so that's 133 might over six games <sighs> with 12 unspent. Well, well, that's a lot of might. Which I'm chalking up as a win. Yeah. Because I have now set the record. So when you take your army to a six-game tournament, keep track, post in your numbers... And let's see if we can you're, get a world record happening. You're pretty safe. It's only going to be Rohan that's going to do this. Uh, maybe an Aragorn army. Yeah, it depends how many how many turns you can get with the Aragorn army. Correct. And in the tournament, you probably... Though, I did announce my figures during the tournament, and Josh said, that's nothing. Talk to Jacob. He spent eight might with Alrond. Oh, that's true. The Tom Bombadil And one. I'm like, I spent 23 might. How does eight compare with 23? Eight is low numbers. Yeah. But they they seem to think that Alron's might was more valuable than Hammer's might. So you know I what? I don't know if we need a multiplier on it or something. Considering you're spending might on things like reinforcement rolls, and Alron's spending might to boost Nature's wrath and kill bucket loads yeah. of troops. I spent yeah three might on one of my horse lord rolls. I didn't actually need. Um, yeah. Just to show the opponent that I could. Yeah, no, I, look, definitely, definitely little challenges like this are actually really fun to do. So add to your theme of your army. So you clearly went out to spend a lot of might and you did. So mm-hmm. you had a secondary objective. Yes, I'm chalking that up as a success. Yeah. Much might was spent. Yeah, no, I like that a lot, David. Well, thank you for coming on, David, and representing the good sides. It's a shame we couldn't get more of your good fellows. They seem to be elusive bunch. Mm-hmm. I think they're prepping for that next, you know, whatever it is that's coming up. <laughs> yes, whatever's next. What is it next? So that's us, it from us from the Green Dragon. Remember, traps win games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on the Green Dragon Podcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.